Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday. So it's time for the Win, Lose, or Tie podcast with your host, the styling, profiling, limousine riding, swatch wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, woo, son of a gun. And he's having a hard time holding down those alligators. Ty King. Yo, yo, yo. Did you miss me? Been gone for two weeks. And it's not Friday, I know, but just pretend it is Friday. I'll make you feel better today. And I'll tell you what else will make you feel better. It's the guest I have on today. Woo! I've been saying I'm going to get him on for a while, and I did it. And I did it. But before I let you know who it is, which you probably already know, because you're reading it. But uh, welcome to the Win, Loser, Ty podcast. I'm the host of this little internet radio program, Ty King. Make sure you follow all things Ty King on the Win, Loser, Ty Instagram page. It's W-I-N-L-O-S-E-O-R-T-Y-E. Don't forget that E. I say it stands for excellence. Mother says it, says it stands for explicit. You take your pick. Win, Loser, Ty there. Um, make sure you subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a free program. So, but if you subscribe, it makes my program look better. And I'm all about me, make, me looking good. So that's, let's do that. And uh, we were part of Let Me Know Productions. That's not only includes uh, this little internet radio program. It includes the Pick 4 podcast hosted by Mark Youngblood, which put out a couple of episodes in the last two weeks. Yo, that dude's up in the Northwest doing his thing. I love it. And then what do you know? Landry Griffith. Having said that was Landry Griffith. He's back. He released an episode this week. Much to everybody's delight. My dude is back. That's having said that with Landry Griffith. Welcome back. And uh, you can follow all things LMK Productions on their Instagram, our Instagram page, LMK2021. Always email the show. After this, I need reactions. Tell me what you think. Uh, I always like to hear the uh, thoughts, and good or bad, mostly the good. But you know, um, it's like being a coach. You know, it's just you got to take the criticism, the good with the bad. You filter it out. Uh, but email the show, win, lose, or tie podcast at gmail.com. That is the email address for the show. Let's get into it, baby. This week's guest is my friend. He's also the offensive coordinator. He's everybody's friend. He's like, dude, he is the dude here in Lubbock right now, and I love him, Mr. ZK, Zach Kitley. ZK, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me on, man. Fired up. Let's get, let's get after this thing. Yeah. Oh, dude. See, I'm, I've been fired up all day, knowing you're coming over. So, uh, But what I do love is that every time we see each other, Zach, Oh, it's just, it's been going on for a long time now, like years and years. As when I see you, I'm like, what's up, ZK? And you answer with, what's up, TK? Yeah, what's up, TK? Yeah. Oh, yeah. ZK, TK. Let's yeah, I know. It. it sounds good. And even on, on the golf course, it sounds good. So, oh, yeah. we play golf. So, uh, but I'm glad that uh, you're here. So, ZK is my boy. And um, we've had a, I mean, we've known each other for a long time now. And I've known you way before you were a, Way before you were world famous, and way before Patrick Mahomes was tweeting you and stuff like that. So, um, I just want to say, I knew you first. So. Yeah, you, you did. We go. I was actually. It's kind of funny you say that. I was talking to uh, some guys up at work this morning, tell them I'm coming on the show, so uh-huh. make sure they tune in. And yeah, uh, was telling them how, how we go way back, and mm-hmm. you know, long long time ago, friendship tigers, baby. Damn right, boy. Damn right. You're just a, you're like one in a long list of uh, of. Friendship Tiger Legends have been on the show, you know. So we got Tyler Lyons been on, you know, and Nick Hanslick has been on. Oh, wait, David Thomas, he was pretty good. He's not bad. Yeah, he was not bad. <laughs> He's been pretty good. Yeah, but, no doubt. Uh, but no, man, I, I'm 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 really glad that, that 
you've you've come on the show and and here's what's going to happen today. I want to preview the show just a little bit so we'll get into it. I've eliminated I want to let the folks know. I've eliminated listener questions <laughs> because people were complaining and I don't care about I, but I, I do take constructive criticism. The, the episodes have been too long and I it doesn't make sense to me because it's a podcast. You can pause it and pick it up whenever you want to. But okay, I get it. I get it. So no more email questions in as far as I'm concerned because my questions are good enough. So to hell with that. And I think that'll cut on, because a lot of questions that are emailed in, I've already, I've already asked a guest anyway. So I hope you're okay with that, ZK. Good with that. Yeah. Would you want, do I need to, I feel like I need to call you Coach Kitley. No, you can call me ZK. We go, we go way back, man. <laughs> but, we're, we were before the coach part. So we're true. good. But, you know, it's funny, is if I, it's funny, I just said Coach Kitley, and that it doesn't, to me, I can't say Coach Kitley to you, because I think if. Think of my dad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, which, by the way, I want to say this, and I want to put it out there right now. And I think you would agree, though, but, and I've been very vocal about this on my social medias. I think Coach Kelly's the best coach in the athletic coach in the history of Texas Tech, no, no matter what sport. And I, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the only other one you could throw in that category would be Mark Sharp, yeah. which, you know, both won national championships, both won multiple uh, conference championships, and sure. he's still going, hopefully going to get a few more this year. I, I agree, man. And he's got a strong t- track team this year. And, um, I love talking to him. He's good. And you know, it's funny. When I had my nephew on, Jet Buchanan, who ran track for your dad. Uh, dude, he tells some great stories about your dad and just about the person he is. And uh, I have the utmost and the highest respect um, for your dad. And it's it's because he raised Chris. That's the reason why I have the yeah, utmost. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Because yeah. Chris is like, I mean, dude, Chris is one of my best friends. Your, your older brother, one of your older brothers, he's one of my best friends in the entire world. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how, I don't know how your mom and dad did it. Yeah. How did you do it? How did how did you how did you grow up as and be as uh, good of a person as you are with Jonathan and Chris being your older brothers? Well, you know it's, it's funny because uh, I remember being a young kid and they were balling out at friendship, mm-hmm. and I was just a young ball boy trying to figure out my way. And I remember looking up to them; those were my heroes. Yeah. Uh, as long as my dad and, and those guys, uh, really, it's kind of crazy. I always look back to uh, my freshman year of college, kind of. Uh, remember Chris taking me under his wing whenever he was at, uh, at tech and we mm. just kind of really became tight whenever I was 15 years old and have been best friends ever since. And, uh, same thing with John, you know, John moved back to Lubbock uh, after working a few years, uh, in wind energy and he mm. moved back to Lubbock whenever I was in college and man, for about two years there, him and I hung out every weekend. So yeah. we, we got real tight and now we're all best friends and, yeah. uh, just really cool. Honestly, man, and all jokes aside, the three of the best dudes I know, you know, you and, and John and Chris, Appreciate and, that. uh, I'm, I'm lucky to call you guys friends, honestly. And just, just, uh, really, really lucky. So I appreciate that. Not, I mean, I'm going to keep the butt kissing to a minimum, but I'll butt kiss your dad any day. <laughs> your dad, come on. I mean, that's Wes Kitley, you know? But no uh, yeah, I, to me, when I call you Coach Kitley, that's what I think about. Let, all right, so what we're going to do is uh, history. We're, the first thing we're going to do is we're talk a little history. We're going to get to know you a little bit. And then uh, we talked before the mics were turned on. We're going to play Tied Down, which I play. That's a little game I play with all my guests. And, um, you can win, you can lose. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Zach? He, he, he wins wherever he goes, but you come on to the WLT podcast, that's not guaranteed, baby. It's coming into hostile territory. It is win, lose, or tie, but I don't think we're going to tie in this one. There ain't no ties in this one, baby. <laughs> it, you can win, you can lose, or you get, I mean, I win two different ways. I am the tie. There's no tie. It, it's me, right? That's true. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. Uh, so we're going to do that, and then at, at the uh, last half, after we play tied down, we're going to um, do. We're going to talk about football, baby. It's going to be football, and maybe talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. You might have some thoughts about that. Love it. And uh, pretty good timing for that. 
So I don't know. You might have a rooting interest. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. So. I got, I got a, kind of a dog in the fight here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little. That's a little dog. I mean, yeah. he doesn't play a lot. Yeah, uh, he's okay. Let me just let me let me kind of let me get to know you just a little bit. I, I I know you, but I want to I want the folks that are listening because uh, just so you know, let me brag a little bit. This uh, podcast is worldwide. It's nation. I mean, uh, almost thirty countries we've been listening to now. I don't know anybody in any other country, so I don't know who that is. And let's see, forty oh a, a bit forty seven states now like, on analytics. So there you go, man. There's, there's people listening all over. So there we go. We got to get them other three states on. I know. Come on now. <laughs> don't ask. I tried to figure it out the other day. Like, what the, and I was like, dude, this is too hard. I'm not doing that. So I don't know. I don't know who all they are, but get your people on board. Or if you're in that, whatever, it doesn't matter. All right. You know, here's what I, here's the things I do know and love about you right now is that that people. Maybe you don't know. You love you some Kobe Bryant. Love me some Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I've yeah. always have. You know, I'll be honest. I, I don't know how much NBA I've watched since he retired. And then yeah. clearly, you know, I'll never forget the day he passed away. I'm on the road recruiting, uh, working. I was working at Houston Baptist, driving on the road to, to Tyler, Texas, from mm-hmm. Houston to Tyler, Texas. My phone just starts blowing up, and I'm driving, so I'm not really looking at my phone much. And I'm right. like, man, what is going on? My phone's just blowing up because everybody knew how much I love Kobe. Yeah. And, man, that was a devastating day for me. Big, yeah. huge Kobe Bryant fan. Me too, huge, man. Huge, man. I think, you know, everybody has their goats, and, and I get it. But for yeah. me, you know, for my my uh, age, whenever I was growing up, man, it was Kobe and Shaq and the Lakers back in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. And, man, I just love the the Kobe number eight Afro, baby. <laughs> it was, it was, he's the best for me. You know, uh, dude, he, I, I bought his very very first pair of shoes ever and this is really they weren't even called kobe's back then and that's when i was going to college at tech i loved kobe number eight i love i thought he and and he didn't start off with the like a bang he he started airballing some shots and in the playoffs he got a, but dude i wore in i was wearing these intramurals these adidas and they were i love the way they look and they hurt my feet so bad and i did not give them up because I, I didn't want to admit that they hurt my feet so yeah. but it's probably operator error more than anything you know so but uh you do love Kobe, and a couple things combined you do love is, I mean, you do love this dude that put out a song about Kobe. You like some Lil Wayne? I do like Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah man. Back in the day, golly, <laughs> I, I remember, so I'm going to shout out a couple of my, my best friends that have been along the ride, uh, uh, Stoney Allison, Jordan Nichols, uh, Philip James, those three guys. Uh, man, we went on a road trip going into our senior year, so that was you know the summer of 2009, and they had just won the championship that year. And Little Wayne came out with the Kobe song, yep. and I literally put it on. I was I was on the ox that day. Back when you <laughs> yeah, actually they, used an ox, they, they true ox, the ox back cord, in the yeah. day. That's always dangerous. And uh, man, I played that Kobe song on repeat, and they all hate they all hate Kobe probably because of me. Uh, <laughs> res- definitely respect him, but but don't well, like him because of me when it comes to yeah. that because I was yeah. uh, diehard and, well, in the, and in their face about let it. Let me say so. this, Zach. I, I may have talked to one or more of those guys today. Okay, about uh, did a little research today. There we go. I love all three of those guys. Those are my guys. Yeah, man. those, those yeah, dudes best are friends awesome. for life, right yeah, there. Yeah, those are and those are that's good dudes to be around. And uh, another thing to know about uh, Zach Kitley that you didn't know, the dude is a master, and I've witnessed this with my own eyes. I've been a victim of it at Golden Tea. Yes, big golden tea guy, man. Another thing that I that I picked up from my two older brothers, uh, Chris is pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're both good. Yeah. Uh, man, it's, it's a lot of fun. I got addicted to. It. I wouldn't say addicted, but yeah. whenever whenever I see a golden tea machine, I like to play. Mm-hmm. We uh, we went to our you know our bowl game here a month and a half ago, and. Uh, 
we were messing around like, hey, what do you guys want in the coach's hospitality suite? You know what I'm saying? I said, I want a Golden Team machine. Yeah. And of course, because we got the best dudes on staff in the world that, that yeah. want to make everybody happy. We had a Golden Team machine. So, Get out of here. Oh, yeah. So we're in there, you know, in the evenings whenever we were done with practice and all that stuff, playing a couple games of Golden Tee, spinning yeah. the white ball around, man. It was yeah. fun. That's, hey, man. That's a, You know what? Shout out to those guys because, you know what? There's so many guys behind the scenes when it comes to a, a a major D1 program, what no matter any college football program really, but you know that that make things happen. You know what I'm saying? It's like if, if Zach Kitley needs to, go, I mean, you'd have been okay if there wouldn't have been a Golden Tee machine. Let's understand that. But dude, they made that happen for you. And so many guys like that make things happen, and uh, they're unsung. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. My guy, shout, shout out again, Quentin Jordan, Harrison, Hannah, Antonio Huffman, Tech Tech Legend, right there. He is a legend. Those, those yeah. guys, man, they took care of me. Yeah, for sure, man. Golly, that's awesome. And did you whip all the coaches? Did any coach beat you in Golden Tee? I was, I'm, I'm undefeated. No! Yeah, I was, un, I was undefeated that trip. Undefeated that trip. I know trip. this, man. You and I went and played real golf last summer and uh, with a couple guys and a couple other coaches on the staff. And then and then we went and played Golden Tee after we played real golf. And Zach, not only did you beat me in real golf, then we went and played Golden Tee, and then you whipped me in Golden Tee. So I'm part of that crew. I'm part of the, the that list. <laughs> Just whipping I mean, you wiped the floor with me, but I'm not very good. Well, I'm real golf. I struggle. Golden tee. I can I can get it done pretty good in golden tee. Does it say? I'll tell you right now. Same thing says something about me. I, I I'm terrible at golden tee, but I don't I don't back down. I don't back down from a fight though. You know? I like it, and I like. You know, I'll talk a lot of trash. I like to talk my trash beforehand because in anything. Because I'm good at talking trash. It's just usually like <laughs> the follow through is the problem. You yeah. know. So yeah. But uh, I remember, man, playing the. I played. You know, you can see behind me. I got my jersey, you know? Oh, yeah. I played the first game ever in the Tiger Pit. I know. I remember. Friendship. Yeah, and uh, I used to say this all the time, man. I, I used to have the ball out front, dribbling, I'm point guard, you know? And like I said, I, I had to do it early. I was to say, all right, look at the dude guarding me. I go, you step up, I'll lay it. You step back, I'll trade it. Pick your poison, baby. Pick your poison. And, and neither one happened ever, but... Ever? But Well, I mean, not, no, not Come on, ever, man. But you I mean, had at least have one or two. I did. Right? I, 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 mean, I busted a couple of dudes. There you go. But, hey, there you but go. Uh, I knew I had to say it early, because it's probably going to get taken out pretty soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's loud. Your, 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 uh, your time on the floor was, was minimal. My, huh? my minutes were limited. Yeah, gotcha. let's say that. Yeah, let's just let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. I'm, I, this is something I don't know, and I I'm, want to get this out of the way real quick, is superstitions do you have any like game day or game week or whatever and what are they i, I kind of am i'm a creature of habit i like yeah. to do certain things mm-hmm. uh like to you know like for example which was just different this year i didn't do it this year because a new season i wasn't a fan but like at 2021 uh when i was at western kentucky for example mm-hmm. i would never ever put my belt on for pre-game warm-ups so i put it on before right before the game started oh. and and just like just some weird stuff like that yeah. you know i um, nothing too crazy. So, I like you, to, you, so come on, pregame, you'd have it off, but then you'd go back, you'd put it on before you came right. out for the game. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah, so I go in for 15 to 18 minutes or whatever, I'd put it yeah. on then and then come back out. So, what but, is, I, but, but I remember my equipment manager at the time was like, hey, dude, I'm going to put your belt up. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I need it. Just yeah. leave it in the locker. I'm gonna, this is going to be something that I do. Because <laughs> the first yeah. game, he took it away, and I'm like, hey, where'd my belt go? Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't think you were wearing it, so I put it back in the in the deal. And I'm like, no, I need it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that man. was just a weird, that was a one year yeah. superstition, but I right. just, I had that. This year, I can't remember really what, what I had much of this year. Yeah. You know, I, I like to try to be consistent, though, with what I do. Like, yeah. 10 minutes on the on the game clock, I walk out of the tunnel. Right. And that's usually like right is the national anthem start, so I kind of stand in the, in the tunnel. Right, you home know. or away doesn't matter. You home still, or away, you, you want to know ten minutes on the clock. Ten you, minutes you, on yeah. the clock, I walk, I walk out. Right, that's, that's kind of my deal. I love that. And, and anything like um, 
you know, like, do you have to eat something that morning of or the night before? Is Emily, does Emily need to do something? Your wife, does she need to do, is there anything you have at home? No, I just no. like to like to chill out, hang out, relax yeah. as much as I can, try yeah. to get a good night's sleep. You know, she does. Yeah. You know, we've got two little boys, so yeah. oh, you yeah. know, right now they're getting bigger. Up. I'm gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. Got, they're getting a little bit bigger right now. So, like, you know, during the season, my my baby boy wasn't quite one yet, so he was yeah. waking up a little bit here and there in the middle of the night, and yeah. she was taking care of all the night duties and all that stuff. Or my in laws that that came to every every home game as well. They <laughs> yeah. were helping out, so what? that that's a big thing. Trying to get a, trying to get just ample sleep, so I so I get good rest for sure, man. Because you do, you got yeah, because. Everybody that's a Red Raider like me, you know, graduate, big fan, uh, we want you to be most comfortable you can be because we, we need you at your best, Zach. I just want you to know that. So, uh, But speaking of being married, man, Emily, first off, let me say this, man. I've, been, I've had the privilege to be around her a couple times, and you and I have dinner with you guys a couple times, and, and I don't want to say a ton, but, uh, dude, she is one of the most, like, I mean, you just feel at ease around her. She's one of the nicest people, and I want her to know. I think, honestly, she has an open invitation to be on Win, Lose, or Tie. I would love to have her on, as I think we would get a better feel for you if we had her on more than I had than I had you on, just so you know. Yeah. So, I'll, well, first off, I know she's going to listen to this, so she'll, <laughs> so she'll hear it, and then we'll, we'll try to maybe get her a date lined up here where she can come. I love that, Chop man. it up with you. I love that. Okay, Emily, you're up, just so you know. But she is, I mean, you talk about just... God, making you feel at ease. I mean, just right when the very first day I met her, man, she looked me right in the face and was like, Ty, what? So I've heard about you and, and tell me about you. I mean, she was totally, you know, you, some people make you feel like the most important person in the room. And, and I'm not saying that I haven't been around her that much, but I remember the first time I met her, she kind of made you feel that way. And uh, I do have a couple of pictures of us I'm going to post with this that go way back. So, uh, but yeah, you know, and somebody else that made me feel that way. Uh, I thought I thought it made you feel the way is an inspiration to a lot of us is uh, Don Black, yep, and uh, rest in peace Don Black. But and I've talked about him numerous times on this podcast. But Don Black was a coach for forty something years at Friendship, where you went, where I went. He was one of my mom and dad's best friend, and you talk about a dude that would make you feel like you were the only person in the world that he cared about at that point in time. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I could. I'm sure we may dive back into this a little bit later, but I could talk about Coach Black all day uh, and what he what he means to me. And you know, I still take a lot of what I learned from him. Um, you know, we had a lot of unbelievable coaches at Friendship High School, but you know, for me, just uh, Don Black was kind of my guy. You know, yeah. being the head track coach and, yeah. and really taking the Kitleys under when it came to the track and field world when we mm-hmm. moved when we moved here. And but man, you talk about like I said, making you feel loved. And yeah. you know, I, I take this every day. Um, he taught me now that I'm looking back and I'm coaching kids mm. how to love your players no yeah. matter what the situation is and he told you he loved you every day of the week and I try to tell yep. my players every day I love them and yep. you know and, 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 and truly and, make them feel like like you said that, yeah. that it's not just it's not just blowing smoke you you truly mean it and you you your, you know your actions that you how you show them every day how you yeah. coach them how you put your arm around them either yeah. even if you just screamed and yelled at them for whatever the case is but put yeah. your arm back around they know that you yeah, you love them and i really yeah. learned that from coach black and yeah. still to this day man and uh, I, I have a hard time that even I, I cry man i've started to cry too easy like over the last like 20 years and i dude you talking about him just now like gave me i got a little i got a little emotion i mean he is dude he is so he is that dude Oh yeah, he's the guy you think about now. You know, and Bobby, the head coach back then, and Brad, his son, who I love, and they almost in the same fashion. But um, you know, it was like one dude had to be the bad guy, and the other guy had to. You had to have that, and Bobby was the bad guy, kind of, or even Brad to some certain certain extent. And then Don Black was the good guy, but Don Black could be the bad guy, you know. 
But you always knew, man, dude, you knew that that guy cared about you more than anything in the world. So I'm glad that some of that shows through. I know, and, and it does show, you know, because I've seen you on TV uh, when a quarterback makes a mistake and he comes off the field. You're right there for him. But you might be like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, you can tell, man. You can tell the way people respond to people that they that they they uh, they know that there's love there. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very underrated part of uh, what we do for a living. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Know. One thing else, um, you love '90s country. I love '90s country. Yeah, throwback <laughs> country. Uh, not 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 too much into the the new age of the, the new Nashville country, if you will. You but, like uh, Texas country though. Love Texas country, but '90s country is where it's at. '90s country is, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, talk about all I, those guys. If I just said empty glass, you would say what? Gary Stewart. Yeah, you love you some yeah. Gary Stewart. I knew yeah. that man. Yeah, John Anderson. John, you know, see, I, those guys, those yeah, guys. Come man. on, man. Look at yeah. you, man. See, uh, I love that man. So uh, and and. I, man, I love '90s country too. Don't get uh, the best. You got anything that? What do you do for fun? Like I'm talking, is there TV shows you like that you and Emily have to watch every night and get to bed? Or is there what's going on with you right now? Tell me. Uh, well, right now we just uh, Emily and I we just finished watching Yellowstone. Love Yellowstone's a, okay. a, a really good show. Um, Rip wants to fight everybody. I just I, you know. I know. I, I mean, it seems like he's always in those scenarios, though. Yeah. You know, he or some, something's going wrong, and he's got to be the guy that handles that handles <laughs> everything. Right. Okay, there you go. Uh, what else, man? Anything? We we watched we've watched a little bit of Chicago PD mm-hmm. on NBC. Good show. We were not caught up on that. However, no. right now we uh, uh, that's something good. we that's something we need to do. It was pretty good though. We've we've really caught up. I think we're in season like eight or nine right now, and we've really? pretty much watched every season but the current one. It's funny, man, because I'm a bigger fan of the Chicago FD. Yeah, I like the the FD one better. I I have watched Chicago PD though. Yeah, but not like. Not as many episodes as I watch of, of Chicago uh, FD, but whatever. Yeah, and then other than that, man, it's mainly what what what's going on with my kids. You yeah, know, and we have a little fun. You know, I <laughs> what like they, to, what I, what are you what are you watching with them that you have to watch? Now? Man, last night I got my my four year old Knox. We were watching Finding Dory. There you or go. Dory finds the way, whichever is the uh, the other of Finding Nemo. We watched that, and he was not happy. He did not want to watch that. He wanted to watch his show. Yeah, but I was like, "Hey, we're going to try something new," and we end up watching it. And it's like probably his like favorite movie now of all time. So uh, yeah. he watches that. Yeah. Man, we watch Paw Patrol. There's this Amazon Prime show called Stinky and Dirty that he's a big <laughs> fan of. It's a, it's, it's a it's, uh, is that is that a is that a show about Jonathan and Chris? It's pretty much, and dirty. yeah. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> it's actually funny. We uh, I was at so we were up in Kentucky and I lived there, and Chris and Bruce his wife uh, came to visit us. Love me some Brie Kitley, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were up there visiting us, and that's when we had the huge snowstorm in 2021 in February. Oh, I remember And this. so they yeah. got caught in Kentucky for like 10 okay. days. Well, I had to go into work one day, and Emily and Brie went to the grocery store to load up on groceries. We brought to be snowed in. Yeah. Well, Chris is now there with my two-year-old at the time and then his baby girl and he's yeah. like all right what am i going to do i got to entertain this kid somehow yeah. he's all over the map so he like puts on this amazon show called stinky and dirty yeah. chris so chris is the one that showed it yeah. just showed it to uh, him it's not surprising at all and so and it's like my son's favorite tv show of all time unfortunately <laughs> they only have like four seasons and so we've watched every episode probably 85 times uh, man i don't know how that i don't know how you all did that i don't know how parents do that but uh but i want to say this man you got two kids you got two little boys and ford and knox their name and uh I don't think I could think of two better names, man. That's yeah. awesome. How do, you, how do you guys come up with those two? Ford and Knox. I mean, that kind of sound like one word. 
Ford and Knox. That, yeah. No, it's two different kids. One's Ford and one's Knox. Yeah. Yeah. So Knox, man, I'm, I can't even remember where, where it came up with, but as soon as we knew we were having a boy, I told Emily I wanted to name my kid Wesley Knox. You know, Wes, you know, Wes yes. is my dad's name and it's actually her dad's name. Get out of here. That's so yep. there you go. So two yeah. wet, so two Wesleys. Um, so that made sense. And I just, he goes by Knox, which is middle name, but I just felt like Wesley Knox Kitley rolled off the tongue mm-hmm. better than Knox Wesley Kitley. Yeah. So he goes by Knox. It's just a name I always thought was cool. Um, really liked it. And then Ford, actually, we were just Googling some different names and, uh, I, I read some article that past presidents, have, have caught in some, some steam with some names. Yeah. And so we were just like going through the presidents. And yeah. so I was like Gerald Ford. Yeah. And I was like Ford Kitley. Yeah. And we were actually crazy story again. We were at talk about my buddies that, that all ties back in. We were at Jordan Nichols house with his wife, Hannah, we we're talking about names and we said Ford and we were all kind of like, man, it's a sweet name yeah. and it just stuck. So yeah. now we got, so now we got Ford William uh, and William goes back to, to the Kitley side and uh, the Makeda uh, side on her yeah. family too. So we've got a little family ties on both sides. Love that man. And uh, let me, this is about me, right? The, the Winners of Tie podcast. Um, number one, Jordan Nichols. So when I taught at Friendship, uh, I also was the, the, for one year, Jason Deere was good enough to have me the basketball coach for the summer league uh, varsity basketball team. And I was the coach. And Jordan Nichols was on the team. He was a freshman, your buddy. And, and, he, and uh, I wish I'd have had you on the team. I don't know why Jordan was on the team at that point, but he just, he was just a physical force, you know. He's the same. He was the same size then as he is still now. Yeah, yeah. and I love I love playing him because <laughs> it was it was awesome. And uh, now you could ask Coach Deer. Like, I, I, dude, I had no, I, dude, I had uh, I really didn't, wasn't calling any plays or anything. And four I down, just, I called four down like every time. Yeah, that's a good play. But you know what's funny? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, no, that four, four down, down was a great play. But you know what I would do? Like, I just I. I call timeout and I look at Jordan and I look at and Jordan Merchant and I look at all of them and go all right listen they know what's coming with four down so now I'm just going to say a color and it doesn't matter it's still four down yeah and so Merchant be walking the ball up and I go yellow 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 and I could look over at the defensive like their defense and their coach be going all right get ready get ready no 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 we're going green. We're going green. And it's the same play, you know, yeah. whatever. So that's my genius. That's about how deep I get. That's right? good. Coaching, yeah, yeah, right? play worked every time. But I want to say this. This is what I, this is what I wanted to get back to the point is that uh, we're playing the United Spirit Arena, Summer League, some team camp at the Tech team camp. We're playing Clovis. And they, because they're from New Mexico, they can use their real head coach. And Clovis was good. Really, really good. And we were in a tight battle with them. And I'm coaching my ass off, right? And then one of their kids looks over at me. And goes, he looks at me and goes, Coach, sit down. I'm like, are you? I was like, are you talking to me? Are, really? And I looked over at the head coach for Clovis. And I go, you gonna, you're just going to let your kids just talk to the coach like that? And that coach goes, just coach. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. So I walked straight to the, right to the middle scores table. Because I'm that guy. I don't care. And I was like, no, you ain't going to. No, you're, number one, your players are talking to me. And now you're talking. Okay, hold up. No. And then. Uh, the coach said something bad to me. Like, I'm not going to repeat it, what he said to me. So I was like, you know what? Nah, I'll fight him. I will fight him right now. I don't care, man. I'll fight him. And uh, so, you know who picked me up and kept me from fighting? The co- Jordan Nichols. Like, Because Jordan Nichols could pick. And I weighed a little bit less than I do now, but it didn't matter if I weighed. I could I could have weighed 350. You yeah, know, he'd back He could have just. And he did. He came right off the bench and just picked me up. He goes, King, King, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, dude. 
So any kind of a contest, I'm in, I'm in a lot of contests that we do online, whether it's March Madness or whatever. Uh, my name of my team is I'll Fight Your Coach. I love it. Yeah. So I will fight your coach. There, like, that's the one story. I don't remember what the other story was going to be. So, uh, but it's about me. But oh, Ford and not, yeah. Well, um, Joe Ford was the president when I was born, just so you know. There you go. That's where we got it from, right there. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm a big Ford truck guy, too. So, yeah. That, you got the Ford. Makes sense. Okay. I like you, man. I just, you know what I take? It's whatever the company gives me that I work for. I'm like, hey. Yeah, me I'm, too. I'm we'll, a fan we'll, of that. <laughs> we'll, we'll shout out to McGavick Nissan right now, too, because they're, they're, they're giving me my truck right now. Shout out, McGavick. But they could get you a good Ford. They can get you whatever, probably. They probably could. Yeah, absolutely. I'm good with my, I'm good with my Titan. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Uh, oh, dude, I think I love a Titan. <sighs> nice truck, man. I've been in one before, and I was like, damn, I drive one of these. Un- unfortunately, um, the companies I work for, they're like, hey, man, enjoy this... Uh, <laughs> Equinox, and I'm like, damn, dude, hell yeah! <laughs> I'm like, dude, nah. I rock a Ford Escape like nobody's business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so 100, exactly. All right, man. Uh, by the way, congratulations, uh, anniversary a couple of days ago, six year anniversary with you and Emily. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah. you guys celebrated that. Y'all do anything special? What y'all want to eat here? Love it. Y'all do anything? What y'all do? We actually went to uh, Las Vegas. Which is where I met her. Yeah, not in Lubbock. <laughs> yeah, we did not. We did oh, not meet in Lubbock. No. Tell me about that. How did you guys meet? And uh, th- th- give me that story. Yeah. So uh, again, going back with t- to my brother Chris, him and I have been going to Vegas every summer since 2013, uh, except for COVID year. Of course, I didn't go that year, but we've been every year since. And it was just that. So that was 2013. So it was 2000 summer, uh, or sorry, I guess it was spring break of 2015. And we decided that's when we're going to go this year is on spring break of 2015. And we're like, hey, let's just invite a bunch of friends. The more the merrier. Let's go have a good time. And uh, so I invited uh, another friendship alum that was a that's still to this day one of my best friends, Whitney Pendergrass, now Whitney Dickey. Love you so Dude, she sent me the coolest message. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. She, man, she sent me the coolest message a couple months back. She was like, I love what you're doing on your podcast. And just, it was un, it was unsolicited. Just, I don't know. Man, and I love that. Yeah. And she's such a cool person. Great people, and, man. And uh, her, I love her mom. And, dude, and, and just, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And so we invited, uh, so I invited Whitney and some other friends. And it ended up being about 10 to 15 of us. Um, and at the time, she texted me. She's like, hey, I'm going to bring one of my friends. Is that cool? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Bring whoever. More the merrier. Well, uh, Emily went to Texas A&M, which is also where uh, Whitney went. And they met each other in college. And then they both moved to Dallas. Whitney moved to Dallas to work. And Emily had moved there to go get her master's in uh, speech uh, pathology. And they ended up living right by each other. So they kind of became more friends. And so we're going to Vegas. Whitney just like texted her and said, "Hey, we're going to Vegas with some friends. Do you want to come?" And Emily had never been, so she's like, "Hey, it's my oh, she never been to Vegas. She never been to oh, Vegas. Dang. And so she was just like, "Hey, I kind of want to see what this is about." So we went and we had a good time. Went to, went to the pool a few days and just kind of hung out. And uh, I don't know, man. It was re- it's really one of those movie type deals. Uh, I met her and it just like immediately clicked. And I'm like, "This is who I want to." want to try to date this girl yeah and so after the trip was over for me to try to uh you know slide into her dms if you will i was like hey i got a whole bunch of pictures that that you may want to see from the trip and so she's like yeah send me the pictures and so i started texting all these pictures but then we just started texting 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 uh got a couple phone calls going and then it was uh um one of my co-workers at the time was getting married and i invited her to be my date to the wedding and she was kind of like We've only but, met each other hey, one let me time. Tell you right now, that's a big deal. If you invite a girl to be your date to the wedding, that's a big deal. Yeah, and we'd only we'd only really seen each other for three or four days in person before, and then after that, we we talked on the phone a few times and and texted and some of that stuff. And uh, 
so that's whenever it clicked to her. She's like, I think this guy actually is, is trying to date me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, after that, we started like really to talk more and get on the phone and stuff. And I started traveling on any free weekend I had the, the quick, you know, drive to Dallas or she came to Lubbock a few times so we could hang out. And, um, that, the kind of, the rest is kind of history from yeah. that. So, yeah. so we, anyway, we went back to Vegas, you know, that's where we met. That's where I proposed to her was in Las Vegas. And then, uh, six year anniversary. It was kind of her idea to go back for a quick 48 hour trip and went Nate, went Nate at a couple of really nice restaurants there. Piero's the famous Italian Ooh, restaurant, uh, yeah. Vic, Vic and Anthony's. Ooh, the, that'll come up later. Italian yes. food. Dude, that's crazy. You bring that up. It'll come up later in the show. I okay. promise. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the anyway, Vic, go ahead. Vic and Anthony's the nice steakhouse there and, and the gold nugget, uh, at the old strip. Yeah, and, the Vic and Anthony's, you know, Tony, I love that oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Tony, you walk in, you go, like, Hey Tony, I'm here. Yeah. Is that bad? No, yeah, that's good. That's really bad. That's no, really that was bad. good. No, it's like, why do I do my good. British accent? It's yeah. even worse. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, so we did that. Uh, six year anniversary is fun. All right, man. That's awesome, dude. I, I, dude, so cool, man. It's and I and I know this for a fact because uh, I grew up in a coach's uh, house. You know, my dad was a coach, and I grew up in that household. And it's tough. It's tough for it's tough for people to, especially coach and a coach's wife, to find time. Cause you're so busy, man. If people don't understand the time that you put in and now I didn't, I didn't grow up in a college coach's house, but I grew up, you know, so dude, I love that. I love the fact that you and Emily get to go and, and do that kind of thing. And that's cool. So yeah, it's good. Fantastic. Same thing. Shout out mom and dad for watching the kids for 48 hours, man. Your mom and dad are so awesome. Yeah. They're man, the best. Both of them. They're like two of the best people in the world. Like Jerry and Julie are at the top of my list. You know, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, by the way, I was on the phone with my mom today. I love your mom. Was <laughs> she fired up? Oh my gosh! She was like, "Well, I need to email some questions in." I go, "Mom, no, 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 no." You know what's funny? This is what it sounds like. Uh, I, I call her and, and I go, "Mom," she's like, "Is Zach coming over tonight?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, mom. He come. That's not why I call her. She, she's sick. I go, mom, are you feeling okay? I'm feeling good, but do you know what? I need to email some questions for Zach. <laughs> Mom, no, no, I'm not taking, uh, I'm not doing email questions in. Well, why not? Why, why aren't you taking questions for Zach? Mom, the, the episodes are too long and I just got to cut off. I got to, I ask good enough questions. No, you need to hear what I have to say. He needs to hear what I have to say. I'm like, I know, Mom. I know, I know, Mom, I know. But I'm not taking any questions. Do you want me to just tell him something? I'll tell him something. Well, you just tell him I love him and that I don't care what people say. If he makes a bad decision, which he doesn't make any bad decisions, he just can come see me and how he doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's the best coach that ever coached. He's better than Don Black? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just, I didn't ask for that, but yeah. So that, that, that's what a conversation sounds like, kind of, you know, today. Love it. Yeah. Julie King loves you, man. Yeah, I know. She, 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 she always she always will message me and stuff and yeah. comment on my stuff. Sweet well, lady, love her to death. Man, and it's funny, man. You went to you went to Carillon. She lives over at Carolina Retirement Community. And and God bless it, man. My dad would love to see you succeeding right now. And my dad lives over there too, but he has Alzheimer's and you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing, but part of me man, we put the he watches every tech game, he put it on in his room. And um it, 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 I just know that if he knew some, somewhere deep inside of him, I think he knows what's going on and you can tell, but, but damn it, dude, you went over to, I think the coaching staff came over to Carolina, like long ago, but my mom was like, I saw Zach today. 
Oh, yeah. That was yeah. a long time ago. That was back in the GA days. But, yeah, we went over there. But it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. As far as she's concerned, you're the head coach, dude. <laughs> you're the head coach, dude. So, yeah. But anyway. Uh, but you know what? Uh, it is about that time. What does that sound mean? That sound means it's time for Tied Down, baby. Let's go. Tied Down is a, is a game I play on Win, Lose, or Tie with all the guests that come on. Most of them, anyway. And what is a five-question uh, little trivia game? It can range from all topics. I usually include geography. I usually include some entertainment. There's a right and a wrong answer to every question, even if it might be an opinion question. Okay. And so there's a right or wrong answer. Is this rapid fire or just on my uh, own time? I'll tell you how it happens. I will, yeah, sometimes there's a time limit on a question, and I'll time you. Uh, we will not go over the right answers and wrong answers till after the complete question uh, quiz show is over. Then we'll go back and review your answers. Points are divvied out irresponsibly. And so I'll determine whether you win or you lose. Now, you might be like, well, maybe I won't do. I mean, I might ask you, you know, what the best Tom Hanks movie is. And if you say the wrong answer, I will tell you, it's, you know, I'll give you, I'll tell you at the end of the show, at the end of the quiz, it's the wrong answer, right? I would go with Forrest Gump if, okay. you, if that was the question. But. Yeah, that's the wrong answer. But <laughs> uh, I'm glad to see. Perfect. That's why I'm not, ask, I'm not asking that question. So, uh, you know, the, the correct answer is uh, Catch Me If You Can. and okay. or, or Saving Private Ryan. They're both one of those two. Those yeah. are both great movies, yeah. too. But also Forrest Gump is great, too. Yeah. I'd probably give you partial credit on Forrest Gump. Yeah. So, uh, but there you go. You get the idea. But some do have a real, like, legitimate true answer. And I'll ask you a bonus question, I think. Do I have a bonus question for you? I don't see that there. So, hey, you're one of the first ones in a while that does not have a bonus question. So you got five and five only, my brother. I'm ready. So uh, let me get my stopwatch ready because let me see. Some of these don't have a time on them. But just understand this. This is my game. It's called (laughs) Tied Down. And uh, this is how it works. Trust me. And people have lost. Like I said, Chris Level has lost before. Uh oh. Yeah. Chris uh, is a sharp guy, too. He is. So. He's won twice. He won once and lost once. Okay. Uh, let's see. Kippy Buchanan, my, my sister, has lost before. Yeah. And they're going Bahama Bucks. So, no doubt. Yeah. As you can see, all the paraphernalia that I get. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. I, everything I have is like Bahama Bucks. And people ask me, like, why don't you work there? I'm like, well, you know what? You need to go listen to the very first episode ever of Win, Lose, or Tie because Blake Buchanan, this, the founder and owner of Bahama Bucks, is on. He's like, dude. Our entire owner, uh, employee manual, like part of it's, well, like a lot of it's written about you because it's telling employees what not to do. Because <laughs> I worked there for 13 years. Yeah. So uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, here we go. Uh, you don't have a timer on this, but I want to get my time, my stopwatch. Pardon me for not being prepared. You're good. All right, stopwatch. You know how to work a stopwatch. I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number one. Like I said, we'll go over the answers after the quiz is over. Got it. Okay. I will not tell you whether the answer is correct or not. Okay. Until the quiz is over. Are you nervous at all? I'm not nervous. You're not? No. God, because you'd think that you'd be nervous. Like, you nervous before like to play Texas or Oklahoma? You get a little nervous? Yeah, 100,000 people's, you know, not. This know, isn't nerve wracking to you? No. God almighty, man, I'm not doing my job. All right, Zach Kipley, here we go. You are tied down right now. Number one, why is the number 5,967 significant? I'm going to give you five more seconds. Number two. What's the best Italian dish? Spaghetti and meatballs. Number three. Geography. 
Name two of the four states that are commonwealths. Oh, hell. There's a reason why I ask you this question. I just want you to know. A lot of these pertain to you in some way. Kentucky and Tennessee. Okay. Number four. Who's the best Texas Tech football player ever to wear number five? Patrick Mahomes. Number five. Last question. Start one, bench one, cut one. Texas country, Lil Wayne, George Strait. Okay, so start one, bench one, cut, cut one. one. I'm going to start 90s country. That's who? That's only one. That's Yeah, I'm going to start him. George Strait, you start him. Okay. Texas Country, Lil Wayne, and George Strait are your three answers. Yeah, so I'm going to start. Okay. That's what I want. I'm going with 90s Country is my start. I'm going to okay. bench George Strait, and I'm going to cut Lil Wayne. Wait, so you're starting – George, you have Texas Country, Lil Wayne, and George Strait are your are – your, are your, you can't say 90s Country. That's not a choice. Oh, sorry. It's my bad. Texas Country. So I'm going to start Texas Country. Okay. Bench George Strait, and I'm going to cut, cut Lil, Lil Wayne. Wayne. There it is. Okay, stop the clock. We're going to go back, and we're going to look, okay? Dude. You rallied. Uh, why is the number 5,967 significant? Oh, I know exactly now. That's okay. the number of yards that Bailey Zappi threw for in 2021. Western Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. NCAA, NCAA record. Number one. Number one. And who was his quarterback's coach? Who was the offensive coordinator? That was me. Zach Kitley. Exactly. Dude, there you go. All right, I'll give it to you as now. As soon as you said it the second yeah, time, it clicked funny. in my mind. I'm I was tell you like right saying what it was. Tied down will lock you up, dude. That was good stuff. It, it, I was down. like thinking, Mike, so what's, what's, my, what's 5,000 something miles yeah. from here? And when then I, as soon as you said it again, I was like, Bailey dude, Jappy. It's fine. Oh, you can go back and listen. Jet Buchanan's is the, is the perfect example when I had Jet on my nephew. And I asked him, he's a pilot. And that's what he gets paid to do now. He's a pilot. And I said, what's, uh, what's Maverick's co pilot's name in the original movie? And he's like, Dude, he's just locked up. I go, you know how many people are yelling at you right now? A lot of people are yelling at you during 5,000 because they didn't, you know, they don't know. But, right. But, all right. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it to you now because you appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, best Italian dish. You know what? I, I, did have, I did write down a couple of things, but like number, you said spaghetti and meatballs. That's number two on my list. Okay. So it's partial credit. Number well, one is lasagna. Lasagna is yeah, very good. Number one is the, the, the number one. Uh, number three, I said name four states that are commonwealths. Uh, you came up with one correct answer, which is Kentucky. Yeah. I said name two of the four. Anyway, uh, Kentucky is one of them. Massachusetts, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Uh, so you get partial credit there. Okay. Uh, who's the best player to ever wear number five at Texas Tech? You said Patrick Mahomes because it's very, very tough. There's some good ones. Yeah. And, and Michael Crabtree could be the other one. But the yes. correct answer is John Saldi, just so you know. John Saldi's a stud. He had the old school neck brace, <laughs> number five <laughs> linebacker with the dark visor and everything. I remember <laughs> him like it was yesterday. I'm a big John Saldi fan, dude. Okay, it's not John Saldi. It's Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I just but Saldi was a baller, dude. <laughs> he was a baller, dude. Wasn't he like 6'5", 240 <laughs> playing Mike linebacker? linebacker? Yeah, from Odessa, I think. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah, dude. It was a bad A, dude. Yeah, he was. For sure. No, uh, Patrick Mahomes is correct. And I said start one, bench one, cut one. Uh, Texas Country, Lil Wayne, or George Strait. You're starting Texas Country. Yep. You're benching George Strait, which is crazy. I know. And you're cutting Lil Wayne, which is crazy. But that is correct. And uh, after I tally up the points, Zach Kelly, you have won today. There we go. Down. <laughs> you are officially untied. 
So you have one today and congratulations, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed in myself at the, at the first question. It took me forever to come back to that, you know, cause as soon as, as soon as you reset the number, I was like, mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a double record holder, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Bailey listens to this and, um, he, he sends you a text and goes, I'm disappointed in you. Coach. Yeah. He'll probably say something worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure he listens. I'm going to text yeah. him and say, hey, I get, you, got, you, got a, you got a whole segment put on you on this still. Let me tell you something, man. So I went back and I looked at some stuff and I was like, um, well, first off, and, and, and I looked at your bio. Of all the accolades that you have, you can add that to the list, okay? Uh, winner of, win, of Tied Down. So that can be put on the list. I think that'd be the top of the list, actually. But like being like top whatever it is, uh, AFCA, American Football Coach Association, um, one of the top 35, under 35. When you get hired at, as offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, uh, they are like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes tweets out. And then uh, you got a good relationship with Cliff Kingsbury. He tweeted something out, you know, um, your 2021 QB Coach of the Year as far in, in the nation. Dude, that's who we're talking to right now. This is Mr. Zach Kitley. I don't look at him that way, but dude, let's start from the beginning. Dude, you were a great dude. You were a great football player in high school. I will say this: you were a really damn good receiver. I saw several games, uh, but you know, you were a damn good basketball player too. And dude, you went to play college basketball. Yeah, at Aline Christian, right? Yep. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so uh, kind of just going back to high school, man. I I loved. It's kind of crazy. I've got a really weird story. So Tell it. I was about as a freshman in high school. You know, I was a, I was a, I was always a football, basketball, track guy my whole life. Always did all three. Uh, after my freshman year, I was like, man, I'm going to quit basketball and I'm going to focus on football and track because that's what I loved. Well, sophomore uh, summer going into my uh, sophomore year, I grew four inches in three months. You grew four inches. Which which year? Uh, the summer going into sophomore year. So my sophomore year, I'm six four, and I'm okay. That did not happen to me. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I grew four inches, and I'm sitting there telling myself I should probably play basketball. Yeah. You know, I'm six four now, probably about 158 pounds at that point, soaking wet. <laughs> uh, but I was like, man, I need to, I need to play basketball. So I, you know, I end up playing basketball, uh, and then going into my going to the, you know, all sophomore year, we're we're playing good, and I know we're we're about to have a really elite basketball team going into my junior year with, man, Lance Ratliff, Kyler Poole, Jordan Merchant. I mean, we had some dudes, man, and That's we were some, those we were, are some dudes right there. We were, we we're gonna have yeah. some players, Jade Hughes, man, Scooter yeah, Williams. Jay. We had some dudes, man, and so I, I tell like. I funny stories about every one of those guys oh no doubt no but but anyway go ahead and so i'm like you know what and at this point now i'm about six six and i weigh 170 pounds yeah and i'm like man you know what but at the same time you're playing football every oh, year yeah, i was playing yeah. football and i was having success and 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 and, uh, and to, at a big 6a school or you know yeah. top level uh you're but you're still 100 that's tough when yeah. you're 170 pounds. Yeah, and you, I and yeah. I started some of my some of my more uh, better friends at the time were all basketball guys. So I was like really hanging out with with Jade and Kyler and those guys more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just kind of had this weird thought in my mind, like, man, I'm six six. I'm gonna go play college basketball. I need to I need to put all my time into summer uh, basketball and not do seven on seven all that stuff. So I actually stopped playing football right before the season. So I didn't play football my junior year. Um, and that was looking back on it. Uh, you know, I don't ever like to say, I think everything happens for 
reason. You do mm-hmm. certain things for a reason. But yeah. that was a fun year for yeah, – I was in the stands watching those guys my junior year, and we had a really deep yeah. run in the playoffs and yeah. actually got beaten Jones AT&T by Denton Geyer, uh, you know, up 28-3 20, at halftime. Just was a bad Lance, deal. But You know Lance close Lance Ratliff was to blocking that kick? Lance Ratliff's a dude, man. He's one of the – he is a dude. Yeah. Hey, Ray, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and so after that, you know, I'll never, and I, there's, here's another guy. I talk about a guy that I have a lot of respect for. There was a coach for me that was, I was in his health class, of course, and had a heck of a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon Bills, Coach Bills. And he was sitting in there every day telling me, dude, you got to come back to football. Got to yeah. come back to football. Got to come back to football. So I remember calling, I remember this is a true story too. I remember going and talking to Coach Brad and like, hey, I want to come back. And he was like, well, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I feel really good with where we're at a receiver. He's like, but I think you can maybe be a backup on offense, but you have a chance to start on defense. Mm-hmm. And I remember that really pissed me off, sure. to be honest, because I'm like, I can play receiver here. And, and I right. wouldn't, I love playing defense too, just because, again, with Coach Black being the DC and right. uh, Coach Chad Reynolds and Tom Slagle were my secondary coaches, two of the best dudes on the, on the planet. Yes. Uh, I just love playing for those guys too. So, anyway, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder, and so I came back and uh, got back into the swing of doing it all. I'll get back again, you know, football, basketball, track, and uh, senior year of football. Uh, after game one, end up starting both ways, receiver and safety, all season long. Yeah. Um, and so that was a lot of fun, uh, and actually I- enjoyed defense more than offense, uh, just because again, we kind of had the, you know, we, you know, you remember friendship back then. We had the black shirt defense, You're damn right, dude, and, and, and yeah. all that stuff. That was man. a big deal. It was man. a huge deal. Yeah. And, and playing, and, and, but Coach Coos and the boys. I mean, you're, Coach Coos. Coach Black, dude, if you were if you were a black shirt, yeah, you had to earn that. Yeah, you did yeah. With, the, with the skull and crossbones on the back of your helmet, man. It was fun. So, but yeah, man, I played the Y receiver over there, and and then uh, played uh, strong safety, and, and yeah. kind of helped try to get the defense lined up. So it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, again, so you I, caught you know, a lot of passes though as a, as a receiver, man. I did. I mean, and, and uh, who was quarterback uh, senior? Was it Brandon Hanslick? Oh, Brandon. Han- yeah, of course. I had Nick Hanslick on. Yep, and uh, on the show. What, What's crazy and, John, is, and John Curtis for a couple games. Brandon went okay. down, and so yeah, John Curtis came in. And what's funny is Nick Hanslick, who played tech baseball at Tech, that uh, had him on. It's funny I talked to him on the phone today. Uh, the name of his episode on Windows or Tie, I can go back list, but it's called the uh, uh, Frozen Snot and Vasectomy episode. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> you can go listen to it to find out why. But yeah, dude, that that you were you played a lot of. Uh, you, I remember, man, going to a couple games. Number one, I did a thousand games on the radio for friendship. Oh yeah. And I quit. I didn't quit. I, I changed jobs, uh, right in your heyday. So yep. I left man, and, and, and I do regret some of that. Cause some of them dudes, Jordan Nichols and Philip James and Jordan, those guys and, and Jay, that was the hardest part about leaving. Oh yeah. Uh, was I was leaving you guys and, yep. and I wasn't your coach or anything, but I was in the halls and I was a part of it and I did the games on the radio and that was, but I came back and watched him, dude. And you were, dude, I remember watching you play in football, man. I was like, dude, Zach Kittley, you can ball, man, yeah. uh, in football. I knew you could ball in basketball, but dude, I just want you to know, man, you, you were impressive. And one of the worst things I ever did. And what's funny is, cause it, like I said, this is about me. Uh, what's funny is I put out that stupid list, the top 50 greatest football players ever at friendship list. <sighs> And from like 1988 to up to, to that, basically 2010 or whatever. And it was awesome because I put it out. I put a lot of thought and effort into it. And I put my criteria out there. It was like, hey, this is the criteria before I put this list out on the socials. Put, all right. Number one, my personal eye test. I've seen everybody. Number two, uh, your personal accolades. Like if you're all district, if you're all state, if you're already all city, that kind of stuff. And number three, your team success. Do you know what I mean? Emails and direct messages I got 
from dude Zach, and I know you know how to deal with this from parents. Oh yeah, parents of the people that weren't on the list, or that their kid was not high enough on the list. And I'm like, dude, I'm not a. What is? Do you think this is an official list? I, I, I mean. People were like, my son is number, uh, and this is just a random, I don't know who this is, but my son is number 25 on the list. He should be at least in the top 10. I'm like, listen, lady, you are more than welcome to do your own list. Oh yeah. my God, this is just, I thought it'd be fun to put out there. And it was fun until I put it out. And it was not fun anymore. Yeah. And uh, your brother's on the list. I know he did is. not make the list. That's all right. Chris Kittler's know, on the list. I know, I know but, the list. Um, but there's a dude that I owe an apology to, and he's going to be on the show coming up. He's already committed and he should be on the list. And this is the, I've talked about, I need to owe, I owe an apology. Summit Hogue. Okay. He is coming on the show. Okay, yeah. And uh, he played football at Tech. Yes, He's he did. I, I don't know why I feel like I needed to totally derail this conversation to say that, but he is going to come on the show. He's committed. I don't know when, but um, you talk about a guy that probably has some good stories. Oh, yeah. And that dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 100%. Uh, where were we? I'm sorry. Um, Talking. Yeah, anyway, football. getting okay. back to my story. Yeah, let's go back to you. I'm sorry, are you the guest? Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, we went to, after high school was over. Uh, you know, I had some stuff to go do some college track. I was a pretty good jumper, and I had, you know, multiple different opportunities to go play basketball. But uh, for some weird reason, I just never loved the game of basketball. I loved playing basketball with my buddies and being around the guys and the camaraderie, but yeah. I just never loved the game. Yeah, I loved track and field, and I loved football. Uh, and I think the love of football just came, honestly, I remember – uh, growing up in, in Abilene, Texas, as a really young kid, watching the old school box TV and watching Emmett Smith run the football back in the day yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys, and I just remember always loving football since then. And clearly, I think the track and field piece, while I love that, speaks for itself um, with my dad and just grew up being up around it my whole life. Um, and so I, when college came and these college coaches came knocking, I just was like, man, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to prepare to be a coach. Yeah. And so my first year of college, I went to just went to tech and was working for my dad, trying to figure out exactly what path I wanted to go in the coaching profession. And I was playing basketball on the side just to kind of stay in shape. And I put on a little bit more weight and gotten a lot more aggressive. And I was like, really, really playing good basketball. Yeah. And uh, so Coach Duncan over at uh, Lovett Christian called. Love him. And yeah. was like, hey, man, we're having an open tryout. Like, and since it's private school, you can just come practice with the team. Yeah. And so I went over there and practiced with those guys and had some success. And he's like, look, I want you to come play here. Yeah. And so I was like, man, am I really like good enough to do this? Well, then Coach Golding got hired over at Abilene Christian, and he's but a phenomenal. But wait, Coach Todd Duncan says, hey, man, you got you, you, you need to take that as a green light. Yes. Because he knows, Todd Duncan knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, and so he's, like, you know, I had a lot of respect for him and what, yes, you know, me we, too. we played them dudes forever, you know, yes. at friendship. Um, and, uh, but then, you know, Coach Golding got hired over at Abilene Christian, and uh, I just felt like they were a Division two school and they were transitioning to Division one. And I just said, hey, if I'm going to do this thing, I want to go do it at the highest level I can compete. So I ended up going to Abilene Christian. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I was actually telling this exact story today. That was uh, probably like the lowest I was in my life. I just really? was, I was just miserable. was so unhappy. Again, I didn't love the game and, uh, it just got to the point where I was like, man, I just, I got to get back in. And my heart had, had been telling me the whole time. Anyway, hey, you're a co- You're, you're going to coach, man. That's what you're going to yeah. do. Go do what you, what you love and have a passion for. And, uh, 
I remember I remember calling my dad sitting outside on campus at ACU and telling him, "Hey, Dad, I want to hang this thing up and come home." Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not a quitter type. I don't right. believe in that stuff. But it was just one of those deals that really hit me uh, in my heart, man. And I was like, I got to go back home and, and get back on this coaching track. And you know, I think my dad was frustrated with me, as my mom probably was too. And uh, but I came back home and and uh, got back into school and and started working back with him in the track team. And then as far as the football piece goes, um, again, it's crazy how you just remember certain times in life. I'm sitting at Roses uh, Roses on 82nd between Slide and Quaker. And for all my people that are listening in the other 46 states that don't live in Texas, yeah. uh, Roses is a, like a, a Mexican restaurant, yep. Mexican food restaurant. Yeah. Not only in Lubbock, a couple of places, but yeah, Roses is a staple here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sitting ahead. there eating lunch with my family, Yeah, and it comes across the ticker on my phone, on ESPN app on my phone, that Cliff Kingsbury gets hired as Texas Tech new football coach. And when that happened, I remember sitting at Roses, and I told my dad, I said, Dad, this is what I want to do. Yep. I want to go work for him. Yep. Um, you know, because when you, when you talk about Texas Tech football and history of Texas Tech football, and for me, uh, moving here in, in 1999, I mean, he's the first player I remember wearing the red and black when he I was, was a young yeah. kid. Yeah. He was the dude. And I remember well, sitting He was in, the first, like, real face under Leach. You know he what was I'm the first well, quarterback yeah, under he Leach. he was the first quarterback. And, I mean, yeah. it was like – and I'm telling you, man, it was hard for the, this area of the, of, of the state and, and Lubbock to embrace that. Because we were used to Spike, and I love Spike. You know, so everybody loves Spike Dykes because oh, yeah. we ran the football, and it was defense. You know, the black shirts. It was Zach Thomas and all the. And if you want to, dude, talk about some good stories. Donnie Hart tells some good stories on this podcast. You're gonna go back and listen, dude, about the, that era. Whew, he tells some really good stories on this podcast. But that's what when Mike Leach was hired, man, and it was different. Yeah, and it took us a, about a couple of seasons to really uh, embrace it. But Cliff Kingsbury was that quarterback, man, and we embraced him, and he was amazing. And for him to be the coach was like, man, come on. Yeah. We were, everybody was pumped. Yeah. And so, you know, again, when it comes back to my passion for the game of football. Right. He's the first Red Raider that I remember. And I remember sitting in the uh, southeast corner where my dad's office used to be in the, <laughs> and watching him throw the ball across the yard every down on AstroTurf. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I remember Emmett Smith running the ball 50 times a game, yeah. and now we're throwing it all over the yard. That was the coolest thing ever. So clearly grew up uh, watching him, watch him go to the Patriots and, and be the backup there for Brady and win a Super Bowl. And then, you know, he took his different course and playing all across the world and, and all that stuff and got into coaching. And then what he did with Case Keenum and then A&M for one stint and winning the Heisman Trophy and beating Bama and doing all that they did with Johnny. And, with Manziel. I thought he was, and then, it's crazy. Cliff Kingsbury's resume is crazy. Yes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so whenever he – whenever so I always followed him because he's the first Red Raider that I really remember watching play and uh, loved what he did off. Offensively, um, and man, I just—that's what I wanted to do. And yeah. so, my dad, being who my dad is, I'm like, hey, this guy's going to help me out. You know, he'll yeah, get for me. Sure. In. He'll get me in. But I mean, it wasn't like, dude, it wasn't like, hey, you're hired onto the staff. No. <laughs> dude, so you talk about cutting your teeth. Yeah. And so my Damn, dad just, my dad said, hey, if you're going to do this, this is on you. He's yeah. like, he's like, here's. He gave me Sonny Cumbie's number, and he said, and you were his student assistant. I was, and he said, hey, Sonny's a great guy. Reach out oh, to him, see if you can get in the, the door. So I call Sonny. Sonny's like, hey, I'd love to have you, but right now we don't have a spot, man. Yeah. So my dreams for uh, that quick dream that I thought I had was shattered for yeah. about four or five months, and. uh Again, just how life works. Uh, the student assistant that was working uh, at the time for, for Coach Cumbie got the GA job at Kentucky with Neil Brown. 
So that opened up the student assistant job. And so they called me in and I did a, I did a quick interview with, with coach Kingsbury and Kenny Bell, the chief of staff at the time. Uh, and, uh, those guys were awesome to me and, and, and let me in the door. Um, and so from there on, man, I just, I did everything that I could. I sat there and just tried to, to soak up knowledge, but that's where I started, uh, yeah. you know, working with coach Cumbie and the receivers in, tw- in 2013. And, um, so I, was, uh, I did that for one year. And then again, you talk about just how crazy things in life happen. Sonny Cumbie gets the, the quarterback coaching job in co-OC at, at TCU. So at that time, he leaves right before we're going to bowl prep in 2013, going to the Holiday Bowl. And since we had a staff shakeup, um, they were like, look, we just lost the receivers coach. We're going to move the quarterback GA to be the receivers GA mm-hmm. so he can help out with all the receivers. We're going to move the young student assistant that doesn't do as much really, but put him with Coach Kingsbury and the quarterbacks. Yeah. Talk about a huge deal for me. Let me ask you this, dude, um, because I don't understand it. Like, because, I, I, man, I, I know I didn't, like I said, I, was, I grew up in a coach's uh, home, but I wasn't, I'm not involved in co- college. It's a totally different. It's a totally different like ball game, ball of wax, whatever you want to call it. But what's the so when you're a student assistant to Sonny Cumbie? By the way, when I was a uh, uh, when I worked at News Channel 11 as a, in the sports office, which I had Emily Jones on not too long ago, she was my boss. I did a piece on Sonny Cumbie because he was the quarterback. Uh, when, and dude, you talk about one of the coolest guys ever. I mean. From Snot, he was just so down to earth. Really, was community coverage tour where they go to all these different small communities, mm-hmm. and you have to do a sports story. And I was, dude, it was my job to do a story about Snot. And I was like, well, Sonny Cummings the quarterback, so yeah. let me do it. Dude, I went to the local tire shop. I interviewed dudes, and they were like, "Hey, old Sonny, that dude can just throw the football." I tell you this much, man. Old Sonny, man, I tell you right now, all he does is win. Oh yeah, they need to put him at quarterback. He can play quarterback. For the Dallas Cowboys, I tell you this much, because he could just win it. I tell you, and that's what, dude. That's what it was like. The whole town I went to, and uh, even the manager at Dairy Queen, the, the nicest lady ever, was like, "I tell you what, old Sonny could win the football game." You know, it was the same story everywhere I went. Sonny's, so you, but how does it work? I don't understand. Student assistant to GA. Student assistant doesn't get paid, right? Correct. So how how do you? And when you get moved to GA, you get paid, but it's like. Yes. I mean, come on. Right. And they know to live off of. Right. Tell me about that little transition. Yeah. So for the people that don't know at home, like what's the difference? Student assistant, besides getting paid. I mean, really, I mean, you know, because you only have two GAs on each side of the ball. And so really. Oh, like they, see, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. So, so you, have, you have a GA on the two GAs on the defensive side, two GAs on the offensive side. Correct. Special teams don't get no love, baby. They don't get no love. They usually have <laughs> they usually have a QC or an analyst over I'm there. Uh, but no. So it was kind of and and. I mean, in reality, you're really doing all the same work. A student coach is a GA. You just probably have a little bit less uh, say, I guess, when you're a student versus a GA. But, I mean, I did pretty much anything Coach Cumbie needed done, uh, made cut-ups. Um, what does that mean? So, you know, you, you have a full full practice, right, of film. Well, maybe every single clip to that practice may not pertain to the meeting at this time. So yeah. I would pick the, you know, there's 50 total cut-ups. Maybe I only made a, a 38 of those plays I would put into a cut-up. And so stuff like that where, where I could help him be more efficient in meeting times. Yeah. I would help him get prepared for meetings. Uh, you know, I'd stay on top of all the guys that were so in that room. So what you're saying is when I taught television back at Friendship High School, like some of that stuff, like, 
could come into play later. Oh yeah, editing. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's it's, it's, it's editing. It's clearly different software, right? But, but definitely you're losing you're using similar similar uh, well, skills for sure. The knowledge is the same. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, and so you do that, and then you know when you move up to the GA role, it's it's really still a lot of the same. And that now you just have a little bit more of a true coaching, uh, where you're you're doing more coaching now. As a student, they weren't just going to be like, hey, go coach your receivers. Yeah, you know, it was more like, hey, you stand behind me and take notes. If I tell you to write something down, maybe you write something down, or hey, maybe you go watch uh this side of the receivers today and you can tell me kind of what you thought they did right or wrong or if they're not doing something where when you get to a ga role it's more truly hands-on you're you're coaching those guys uh and again so i did the student coaching deal for 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 coach cumby in 2013 i had to do it in 2014 again but basically uh what happened was is i just developed a really good relationship with coach kingsbury and he's like look man Mm -hmm. my ga my quarterback ga guy that moved to receivers he's done in Mm -hmm. december so if you'll just stick around, I'm going to hire you in, in January 2015 to be my guy. Oh. And so I was like, well, yeah. that's got to be motivating in the same time. You're like, but yeah, let's get this going. Yeah. Um, so you get to be the GA, and then you're like, all right. So you're with Cliff, and you're, and you're on the good because, dude, you know what's funny is that when you're on the sideline and you're standing next to, honestly, because the camera always goes to Cliff, because Cliff is camera friendly. Oh, yeah. One in the, and the, and the broadcast loves to talk to Cliff. I mean, looks, looks at Cliff, you know, the camera. Oh, yeah. oh, head coach, no matter what, but I mean, I know TV, dude, you know, Cliff's a, he's a polarizing person that you want to look at. I mean, that's a, you know, I don't mean it in a, in a physical way. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's whatever. You were always standing right next to Cliff. On the sideline. So everybody's like, oh, there's Zach, there's Zach, there's Zach. You know what? Let me tell you how many times I've got a text from my mom. It's like, I just saw Zach on TV. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know. I bet you got it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you probably got it from me. <laughs> yeah, I was I was the personnel guy, man. So I had to make sure that the, that the right guys were in the game at the right time. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, it's funny now. Uh, looking back at some old plays back then we're we're watching some film and you see my 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 tall self running up and down the sidelines yes. and now you got now if you watch me now i got my my ga uh, <laughs> trent vasey who's always he's, he's basically just like that was yeah, and shout, just, out trent. shout out trent mm-hmm. and he does a heck of a job too but uh but when you the, the ga role yeah. You just get a lot more hands hands on. Yeah. And for me, again, just being in the role I was um, with, you know, Coach Kingsbury being the quarterback's coach and the play caller, yeah. uh, but also being the head football coach. Yeah. He had a lot on his plate. And so there's, again, he, him and I just developed a really good relationship and he felt like he could trust me. And I really studied how he coached the game and how he coached those guys. So I could really uh, reciprocate it the same way he did to the quarterbacks. And I think that's where him and I developed that trust and that chemistry. It's so so, and so he yeah. he got to the point where he's like, hey, man, if I got to bust out to do some of these meetings, he's like, hey, you install the game script today. Yeah. But for being around, uh, being around coaching as long as I have and, you know, you need to be – it's got to be consistent. If it's coming from the head coach, it's got to come from the coordinators. It's got to come down to the quarterback's coach. It's got to come to the – the the messaging, it can be different in your different personal style, but the the message has to be consistent, right? Yes, absolutely. And so that's that's important that you bring that up. I think – but you know what? I think a lot of people could learn that in business. No matter what what you're doing in your field, then you can uh, apply your own personal style to it. Yep. But if it's coming from the top, there's a reason why, and let's be consistent – and that message, I mean, I, what, what am I? Some, who am I? Tony Robbins? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not of. some, yeah. So, <laughs> but okay, I, I'm glad that you said that. But at the time, whenever you're GA, right? Are you thinking, 
no, I know you don't ever second. It's never good to second guess the head coach or the pay caller. But sometimes in your mind, are you going, man, I can't wait to be, I can't wait to call the plays. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you get to a certain point, especially in uh, 2017. Um, I felt really, really comfortable, you know, that this was year five for me in the system. And I mm-hmm. literally sat in every single meeting with coach Kingsbury. Yeah. I felt like I knew the offense, um, probably, you know, just as good as he did. If I'm being honest, I just felt really good about how I studied the game and the work that I'd put in. And so, you know, you, you, you really start to, to have that, uh, thought yeah. where you want to start trying to, trying to throw a little bit more information in there and, and give some ideas and some yeah. of that stuff, which again, coach Kingsbury is awesome. And let yeah. me throw some of that in now, not that I was calling the shots or nothing no, like I that, know, but, but you had a little more influence, yeah. a little more input. Yes. Uh, and, and that, that grows again yes, with yeah. the, with the continuity and the experience and all that. Let me ask you this, dude. So now this is the Patrick Mahomes era, right? Do you consider yourself like, do, do you take some pride or some, do you like, Hey, I had a, a real good hand in that. Uh, the success of Patrick, even to this day, or are you like, I just, man, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. And I kind of, I mean, I don't, I hate to say it, but I, are you just riding that wave? Like, yeah. what, 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 how do you feel about it? I, th- I think there's a little bit of both, to be honest. I bet you're right. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean you're right. I mean, when you inherit a guy like him with his ability and his leadership style, um, we used to joke about it all the time, which is give him the ball and get out of his way. You know, like, don't we don't need to overcoach mm. this guy. Um, but at the same time, when you go back and you look at uh, a young Pat and his, in his career, he needed a lot of guidance and, and a lot of coaching, you know, those first few years. And, mm. and not that I was uh, the quarterback guru that helped him be who he is today by any means. But I, I think, think some people think that you – Kind of were though a little bit. I mean, well, I mean, you know, you you meet with these guys and you install the game plans with them and you get them to understand the the defenses and all those things, which is part of the football uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, whenever you get certain guys like him, man, I mean, there's they're just special talents out there that, that know sure. how to win. And and again, you know, you know, I I still it still baffles me today that we have that we had the best football player on the planet for three years and we didn't get it done here. Yeah. Uh, it, disappointing. But that's a that's a common uh, conversation amongst tech fans. Oh, yeah. Now, let me say this. Tech fans is different. Understand? I mean, I know you know that. And I'm I'm one of these people that's not on the sideline. And I don't know. But sometimes we look back and we go, well, how did, how did we not even go to a bowl game one year with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback? Now, if I, if I put that question to you, what is your answer? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. You know, you look back. I mean, we scored 48-something points a game that year. Yeah. Number one offense in the country, uh, but at the times when it when it came to to nut cutting time, we struggled running the football. We were we weren't as good up front in 2016s. We're 2015. Mm. Uh, we lost a lot of bullets. If you look at that 2015 team, talk about a talented football team. Now, I mean, you're talking about Laraven Clark uh, still playing in the NFL. You had Jakeem Grant. Everyone knows about him. You had Dylan Cantrell uh, just finished finally playing in the NFL. You had DeAndre Washington, arguably one of the best running backs. We, we've had some dudes yeah. now, but he's probably. Yeah third or fourth best running back ever in Texas Tech football history. Right. Um, you had Pat back then. We just had some dudes, man. And, yeah. and that offensive line that year was one of the best at, in Texas Tech history as well. Absolutely. Um, and so when you lose those pieces, it's tough. Because, again, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you go back and you look at, in the, at games that year. You know, we played at Arizona State, and I want to say the final score was 58-69. to 69. Um, You go, we, we played Oklahoma here in the Patrick Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield Bowl. That was great. That could be a whole podcast in itself. 59 to 67 yeah, that game or whatever that was. That game alone could be a whole 
episode yeah. right and so uh, you look at you look at some games like that and, and you never want to point the finger but you know we, we did we struggled on defense and and again you look at like close to the very end of the year you know we yeah. go play at iowa state and again we have the best quarterback in the country in the in the world and we got beat 66 to 10 yeah. uh you know and so there, there was just some things that <laughs> yeah. that you look back at and what? we struggled running the football and again we just what, what there, there's you, a lot of things what do you now now and i mean i, I know I know you. We sat down before the mics come on, and I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna ask some. I mean, I'm gonna ask some tough questions, but not like this isn't gonna just be some powder puff. Hey, you're gonna play win, lose, or tie, and all that stuff. But what do you say to the people? Because I don't know what to say to them sometimes. People that I meet across the country, man. I work in a in a field where I just got back from a meeting where last week I meet people from all over the country, and I talk about Texas Tech football. I wore a Texas Tech shirt one night, and they want to know. And so, but the, one of the biggest questions you hear, and I bet critics critics say. Teams that score that many points in that spread offense, what they don't give their defense a chance to rest or whatever it is. Whatever, they, whatever. What do you say to those people? Because yeah, I don't know what to say to those people. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think when you go back and you really look at, uh, you know, the teams. I mean, look at look at it for example this year. The teams uh, like Georgia. Now they're not tempoing and all that, but if you go watch Georgia, Georgia's running spread offense. TCU played the national championship running the identical offense that we're yep. running. Yep. USC, who's killing everybody with Lincoln Riley, who did the same thing in Oklahoma, run the exact same offense as we are. Yep. Um, I, I disagree with that. And I agree is, with you. It's the same thing too, you know. Like for example, like you go back to this season. Um, go look at the West Virginia game from this season. We jumped up on those guys fourteen to nothing, and the defense did their job those first two drives. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're swimming because they're down two scores. Yep. Um, so to oh, me, I mean, I love that term. They're swimming. And so you know, I, I, I think I think there's there's a lot to go with it. You know, um, yeah. again, you go back look at the Oklahoma game this year. We really struggled the first the first uh, few drives. Got honestly smashed. We're down twenty four to three. But then you look at how this offense could come back and, and get us right back in the game. So I I, I think you got to try to play complementary football as much as you can. Um, but at the same time. Uh, Okay. The offensive coordinator's job is to put points on the board, yeah. and the well, defensive coordinator's yeah, job is yeah. is to stop them. Yeah, best Don Black quote I ever heard in my entire life, which I heard it from the time I was like five. You know, and we we've talked about Don enough, but you know what? We can't talk about him enough. That's no doubt, uh, Don used to tell me all the time. He's like, "Hey, uh, if the other team can't score, you can't lose." No doubt, he said that all the time. So that's true. Uh, so you do say that about defensive coordinator. But hey, let me let me move on a little bit because I man. You start you, every time you say something that triggers my brain, I start going off in a different direction. So, welcome to my world. Yeah, that's that's how I think. Uh, but let's talk about this. You move from uh, how does it? Give me tell me the process when you go from GA to Houston Baptist to the offensive coordinator. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, funny hey, story. When did you get married in in that process? Because so I know. Got- Somewhere in that area. Yeah, so I got married February 4th of 2017, so my last year at Texas Tech. So I, me and Emily gotcha. me and Emily got married, bought a house here in Lubbock, and lived in it for right at 12 to 13 months, and, and then moved to Houston. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll have more of those stories as we get go along, for too. Sure. But um, no, so I literally... Uh, was not quite sure after the 2017 uh, season was over. You know, we played in the Birmingham Bowl against South Florida and lost a heartbreaker there at the last minute on a deep ball. Um, Wait a minute. What? What's yes, it? South Florida 2017, Birmingham Bowl. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. Um, so we no. lose, and I remember literally thinking, we, we lost that game, and I'm walking off the field, and I remember telling myself my GA was out. Yeah. 
I Coach Kingsbury had offered me a job to stick on as an off the field, basically analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, a great salary, Which, a huge you raise. Be, but you got to be. Yeah, that's got to be on the table. Oh, right? he was huge on yeah. the table. Just got married, just yeah. bought a house. Wife's got a great job here in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. We clearly love it here. Yep. Um, but I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is a great opportunity for me to stay. But at the same time, man, like, I feel like it's I'm ready to move on from the GA role to an on-the-field role. Mm-hmm. And uh, true story, I get on the airplane to fly home from the Birmingham Bowl, and I've got an email from the head football coach at Houston Baptist. You said the Birmingham. That's why it caught me up there. That used to be the Independence Bowl or, or the All American Bowl. That's why. Yeah. That's why it caught me off guard. Because you know why? I went to the All American Bowl in 1989. I was there. My sister was a cheerleader at Tech. That's why it threw me off. Because gotcha. I call it the All American Bowl. Gotcha. It's not that anymore. Anyway, go ahead. So, look. I, I let me get out of the way. Sorry. <laughs> so I got an email from the head coach just saying, "Hey, I want to talk to you about possibly coming to be my offensive coordinator at at Houston Baptist." And so I'm. Literally sitting next to Emily because she got to go with me on the bowl trip. We're flying home. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's depressed. We just got beat, yeah. you know. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm showing her this email, and she's like, "Houston." She's like, "Okay, that's an hour and a half from the parents. You know, that's not a bad deal." Yeah. And so anyway, Where I go. Where are parents from? Hallettsville, Hallettsville, Texas, Hallettsville. baby. I got you. Yeah. 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 Are they the Bron? Are they the Bron? No, yeah, they the are. Bramus. The Bramus. The Bramus. Yeah. yeah okay. Bramus. Knowledge, baby. Yeah, sir. And. uh and so I'm like, okay, well, let me start do, div, digging into some to, to Houston Baptist here. So I start looking into it. I'm like, man, brand new program, basically. They just started in 2012, but really only played like a six-game season in 2014. And 2015 is a real season, so they've really only played three years of football here. So it's a startup program. They were 1-10 that year. So I'm like, man, they're not very good. I start looking at the offensive stats, and I'm like, man, like I think they scored like 13 points a game that year, had like 260 yards of offense. And so I'm like, okay, like they they struggled offensively. So I think I can probably at least go make an improvement. Um, but we're talking how hard it is in this profession to get in yeah. and to be a Division One football coach. It's very, very hard. There's yes. a lot of great football coaches that I know that still to this day are, are in an off-the-field roles and analysts or a quality control that really struggle to get in. So it's hard to find a real job. And so – you know, I, I I told Coach Kingsbury because at the time we had had a, we had a full time uh, job open here for the for the inside receivers coach, um, and I told him I said, look, I think I deserve this job. I said I, I think I know it better than anybody, and he told me he kind of agreed, but there were some powers that were beyond him that, mm-hmm. that he had to he needed someone older with more experience to be uh, the inside receivers coach to be the inside yeah, receiver and, yeah. and basically also the the offensive coordinator quote unquote yeah. uh, for whenever he had to go be the head coach. I understood that. Yeah, and I, it'd be it'd be it'd be difficult to justify on his behalf. Like, hey, he needs to be the offensive coordinator, inside receivers coach. Probably internally, maybe he's thinking I'm I'm putting words in your mouth. So just, yeah, but. He's probably thinking, I want Zach to do this. He can yeah. do this job. Yeah. But it's just. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. You know, 26-year-old tw- kid that just got out. and yeah, I get <laughs> 26 it. years old. I, I was 26. Something. I mean, I yeah. got it. And so, anyway, so, you know, I, I get back. And so, me and my wife, we, we really did. We got back, me and Emily, and we thought about it. And I said, look, I'm going to go talk to Coach Kingsbury one more time. And, you know, I, I flew up to I flew down to Houston, and I did an interview there and got to see everybody. And I got offered the job. Uh and basically, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Charlotte, which is where our AFCA Coaches Convention was that year. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to go meet with Coach Kingsbury one more time and just talk to him, A, make sure that they still can't hire me, but B, to ask for a little bit of advice. Yeah. And he was like, dude, look, I'll be, I can't hire you. 
He's like, I don't know anything about the FCS level, to be honest with you, man. He's yeah. like, to be a to go call the plays though. I mean, he's like, that's just you got to bet on yourself or not. Dude. And so I remember literally, I, I left that yeah. meeting disappointed again because I really wanted to stay at Texas Tech and because I love this place. It's my home. I wanted to be here for yeah. forever. But I remember walking out of that meeting and I just called my wife and I said, I, I think I need to take this job and go yeah. call the plays and make yeah. mistakes early. And really learn yeah. this early, and so How, she's like, she's is that like, a difficult conversation to have with Emily? Like, hey, we're going to pick up, and we're going to move, to, and I'm, I'm going to take a pay cut, probably, or just a. Well, from least. from what I was making that year, I got a big bump. But what I was going to be making at Tech, if I stayed, it was going to be yeah, it was going to be a cut. But but her but, salary moving to Houston was going to jump. Gotcha. So, but yeah. that, and that, she's a, she works in speech. Yeah, right? she's, she's yeah. a speech therapist. Yes, yeah, I love that man. And so anyway, she's yeah. she's the best man. She didn't. Yeah. She said, "If this is what you think we need to do for your career and for our family, let's do yeah. it." She didn't hesitate. And so I said, "All right, man, I'm going to accept his wife right there. I'm going to accept the job tomorrow." And she said, "I love you. Let's do it." And so I was at the again at the coaches' <sighs> convention, which everybody was at. And so I went and told him I'm leaving. Yeah. And then so yeah, I took the jump to, to Houston Baptist there in January of 2018. Yep. Hit the ground run and started my first recruiting and, class. And, I got a good story about this because uh, I'll never forget. Um, maybe you had been there one year or maybe you were going there. I don't remember. It, it was right there. But we were out having dinner one night. Me, you, Chris. Emily was there, maybe, whatever. And uh, I told you, <laughs> I go, Zach, I don't know if you remember this, but I go, Zach, listen. I want to come to a game, but I want to be treated like a recruit. Just be like, hey, this is a kicker we got coming in. Because I couldn't. There's no way you could justify <laughs> Any anything else than me being a kicker because, you know, I'm about as I look like a football kind of you know. So <laughs> I'll never forget, dude. You're it was so funny, man. Your reaction was, TK. That dude, we can do that. That's that's no problem. But man, tickets are like six bucks to the game <laughs> at Houston Baptist. Yeah. I went, oh really? That's you're like, yeah, man. It just they're just like they're like I think they're six bucks. And I went. Damn, well, never mind then, dude. I'll just come to a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a shock, you know, going from a, from a big-time Power 5 program to an FCS school. Again, a starter, oh. a starter program that just didn't honestly have that, the, the best financial backing. Yeah. I bet um, there's sometimes – that I bet there's in, – in some aspects, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. Well, you can tell me. Some, some aspects, being a, a coach at Friendship might be better as far as facilities and some might be better than at Houston Baptist at the time. Yeah, I mean, I'd, the, I'd say the, I mean, the everything probably about Friendship High School with the indoor, the stadium, the, I mean, it's got a video board. Like we had, not, we had none of that stuff yeah. at Houston. I think Baptist. it only stands on one side, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. You went, you went from Jones Stadium to that. You went to from Jones Stadium to a school that had stands on one side. Yeah, and it was six bucks. Yeah, for a ticket. Oh yeah, that. I mean, to sell that to your wife and to yourself. That's it. But you're like, dude, you, listen, I'm going to honestly, I think you just said it, but dude, you're just like, you know what? I get to call the plays and I'm going to, I, you bet on yourself. Yep. That's yeah. important, man. I really felt it, you know, and again, I felt like 13 points a game. I was like, man, I, I think I can. They scored 13 points a game. I'm like, yeah, I, I felt saying. like I'm like, guys, I can put in, I think I can put two touchdowns on the board a game, you yep. know, and be better than 13, you know, it's 14. Yep. And so we, we jumped at it, man. And it was. It's the best thing that I ever did when it comes to the coaching because you learn a lot when when you're at those schools. You don't have the support staff that you have at these big schools, so you literally are. You wear every hat. You know, you are the academic advisor. Yep. You are the life coach. You are the. I was the head of offensive recruiting. Uh, I mean, you ran the whole thing. 
That's crazy, and so, man. And, and you're, and you know, I, at, at, when I first got hired, I didn't get to bring any coaches either. And people that don't know this profession don't realize how hard that is. Because yeah. now you got to get, you got to, you got to coach. Yeah, and you, I was well, 26, and, and, you got, and you got guys under you that are that are older than you, way older, way more yeah. time in than you, and you've got to be like, hey, I'm the dude. Yep, and that's tough for some people. Yeah, it was tough. That's you probably know? tough for you anyway. Just be yeah. like, hey, man, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, when I'm, I'm like. I tell my guys all the time, I'm the easiest dude to work with in America. Yeah. I'm not a micromanager. I want you to work and do your job, and I don't want to coach your position. I want you to coach your position. Uh, but it was hard, you know, at 26. You know, it's a, it's a lot easier now looking back at 31 now with, with, with <laughs> yeah. just some years under your belt and what I've but learned. You, but think about that. Dude. You're, you're saying that like 31 is old. I feel old sometimes. That's crazy to me. <laughs> but You're saying that like 31 is old, man. Just think about that. I want you to think about that, ZK. Yeah. Dude, you're thinking about, I mean, dude, you're saying 31 is old and that's how old you are right now. Dude, has that, has that really sunk into you yet? How, how young that is? Uh, I have to remind myself that I'm still very young in this yeah. profession because I have dreams and aspirations yeah. and I feel like I'm not, sometimes I, I catch myself thinking I'm not getting to where I want to be quick enough and I got to realize that, um, again, like I said earlier, this profession is very hard to get into and to be, uh, power five coordinator at 31, you know, 30 yeah. when I got hired is special. And, um, especially at your alma mater in your yeah. hometown where you want to be. I did not mean to jump ahead, but I just, man, that, that when you say 20 at 26 and I'm like, dude, and you're 31 and I'm like, dude, that, that's a, I don't, I don't think you understand. Well, you do understand because you are wise beyond your years. And I've always known that, but dude, come on, man. Now let me say this. How did you know that you had this, you had this little quarterback at Houston Baptist and uh, his name is Bailey Zappi. And you know what's funny is that he was good. And did you know he was good? I mean, how, how good did you know he was way back then before? Because I, there was one game that put him on the map. And I think it kind of put you on the map, too. Yep. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But but way before that, did you know that he was the dude? And he had a, little, a good receiver there. And I, his name escapes me. But yep. uh, what was his name? Jerry Stearns. Jerry Stearns. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I, my bad, Stearns, because he was nasty. Did you know Zappy and Stearns were that? Were those two was that good, or did you was like, oh, when the game lights turned on, they were like, okay, they're that good? Yeah, no, I think I think when you look back at like the thing about me, so whenever I got there, I inherited Zappy, you know, so they did a good job of recruiting him. The thing I liked about Bailey when I first got my hands on him was his he he's 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 really kind of an old soul. Yeah, he's he's an old school guy. Where's he from originally? Victoria, Texas. Victoria, Texas. Yeah, okay. Blue collar family. Yeah. You work what you get for. Yep. Uh, I liked his work ethic and he had a different kind of grit to him. He's probably, you know, I, I tell people, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a tough dude. I think you're seeing yeah. it right now, but Bailey Zappi is a tough sucker now. Yeah. And, and I love that about him. He's got a different grit about him that, that really showed me early on in his career. Like this dude took a beating. I mean, his, his freshman year, he started nine of the, of the 11 games. I think got sacked 40 times in nine games. And then my first year there, we really struggled up front as well. And he got sacked 44 times in 12 games. Yeah. And so the dude took an absolute beating and kept getting up and wanting more. And that's he was, a lot. that's mental baby. And he I was, mean, well, I mean, a lot of it is, it's physical, but I mean, but a lot of that is mental. And that's what it's funny, man. Cause Nick Hanslick, he called me tonight. He goes, dude, I used a Jerry King saying, which is my dad. And my yep. dad was a head high school football coach forever. And his kid got hurt at, trampoline place tonight or whatever and it was like dude are you hurt or are you injured oh yeah because you know? my dad used to tell me that all the time and it was like because he, he hey man if you're if you're injured we need yep. to go to the hospital yep and if you're hurt well you need to get up you know no doubt and i know that that's man you got to be careful within this day and time 
but some part of it, you know, I'm, I'm thankful my dad was that way because I was like, dude, I don't want to go to the hospital. Right. God almighty, that's the worst place in the world. Right. They're going to poke you with a needle. Get, oh, yeah. Hell no, I'm going to pop up, you know? Yep. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just injured and I'm, or I'm just hurt. I'm going to get up and run around, you know? So just, dude, but it's being that tough, being tough mentally and physically to get knocked down that many times and be sacked by guys that are that much bigger than you. Yeah. And for a coach to look at that guy in the face and go, dude, you got to keep up. You got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, he had all that, you know, as a young guy and he, he still had a lot of developmental things that I could, that I could get him better as a coach. Um, but man, you, you really look at that, that 2018 season and we battled, we were up and down and we won one game that year. And it was against a division that two was your school. First year. First, first, first year. First year. And we really struggled, but we put up twenty seven and a half points a game. You went from thirteen to twenty seven. Twenty seven. We you threw gotta for, look at that. We threw for three thousand yards passing, which is yeah. more than they had total offense the year before, just <laughs> just uh, that alone. Yeah. And and we felt like we had finally put together a recruiting class. You know, I'm looking at myself like an idiot about game five of that 2018 season, and Jared Stearns was not my starting inside receiver. And I'm like, what am I doing? I put him at inside receiver, and the dude caught 67 balls in like seven games. And I'm like, this dude's an absolute freak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so anyway, so so now we're moving into 2019, and I'm like, all right, guys, here we go. Like we're about to shock some people this year. Mm. And uh, we start we start early on in the season. We're lighting everybody up. Uh, this is when I knew ba- I had something super duper special though in Bailey as uh, so we were playing um, Texas Wesleyan and so we're projected Power, powerhouse we're projected like 78 point favorites or whatever going into it <laughs> and uh, of course we run a I run a it's a quarterback draw RPO type of play yeah. and my man Zappy takes off and could easily slide and get down, but he wants to try to get in the end zone oh. and he gets to the five yard line and one of our own linemen trips and falls and rolls up on his ankle. And he's got exactly what Mahomes had last week. Yeah. Um, what I've seen a lot of quarterbacks have just when they just get rolled up on that thing. And that was in the second quarter of that game. And so I had to take him out for the rest of the game, put in the young, my young freshman to finish out the game. We ended up winning the game big or whatever, but I'm like, man, this is going to really hurt our year because high ankle sprain, the trainers like guys, you're thinking yeah. five to six weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. So we go through next week and Zappy's like, tell me, he's like, coach, I'm playing and we're going to play at South Dakota. We're one and one. We had barely lost a UTEP game one and Bailey had played unbelievable through for 300 yards. Uh, when, you play, when you say you're playing, you're playing D1 teams. Yes, now. I'm playing and, bigger, and you're, and you're, bigger teams. And you're an FCS team. Yes, I'm, and I, there's a big difference. I big just want difference. people to know. Yep. 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 So you're talking uh, scholarship allotments, different 60, right. 63 scholarship to 85 scholarships. Yep. There's a huge difference. So us, right. we almost beat UTEP at UTEP that mm-hmm. year. And uh, the next week he rolled his ankle, had the high ankle sprain. So we're going to play at South Dakota in their dome. A really cool environment. South Dakota is one of the best FCS programs that there is. One of the uh, probably the best, actually. Well, you know, it looks at it. Is that the Jackrabbits? No. Is so it? this is South Dakota. The uh, oh, the, the red the red and white. Oh, the red. Oh yeah. You're I'm saying sorry. South Dakota State. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so we play up you there. Forgive in, my uh, ignorance. So we're playing up there in their dome, and and Zappy's like, "Look, Coach, I'm going to play." He didn't go through. He's like, "Can we?" We kind of had a rule that if you didn't practice on Wednesday, you don't get to play. But he was the leader of the team, and the head coach was like, "Look, I'm going to let him play if he can go." Yeah. Well, my man threw for 535 yards and and, <laughs> and six touchdowns that game on a high ankle sprain, and we walked man. off and we had a huge win. Yeah. Uh, and we went for a two point conversion with 13 seconds left in the game to win that game. And yeah. we had a little. It's basically the Philly special running a little bit different before yeah. the Philly special was a thing. Yeah. And we uh, we hit that to, to win that game and. And uh, we were we were two and one. Came back home, beat Texas Southern. Came back home, beat Northwestern State. We're four and one. 
Yeah. And the, the most, and, the most wins in us in the school history at that time in the season had been four wins. Yeah. So week You're five, four and one. week five, we're at four and one. We get, we jumped into the top 25, yep. but that week against South Dakota, when, when Zappy played on that high ankle sprain and he, and he did what he did, I said, this guy's different. That's and a turning point a little bit. And he's built different. Yep. His, his mental, yep. uh, and man, he and, studied the yeah. game and, and I'll be honest with you the, the story kind of goes bad from there. We only went one, went in one more game the rest of that year, but we battled teams that at Houston Baptist in their history had oh. never battled okay let, let me uh let me bring that up because that brings me to that point uh that season right this is the this is 2019 20, still. okay the, but the but the 2020 season oh yeah i'm sorry but i'm gonna move forward okay here real quick because this is a i think this is a well this is a point in the season or a point in your career i think and even Bailey, but Bailey, I mean, come on, dude. That dude's a, he plays for the Patriots now. He started several games this year. He had a great, uh, I mean, I thought he played great. Yeah. And he's, he plays for the Patriots now to, to really, you know, flash forward. But uh, you guys come in to Lubbock. Houston Baptist is playing Lubbock. Yep. They're playing Red Raiders, and they come into Lubbock. Yep. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Lubbock was, I think, what am I saying? I think the Red Raiders are favored by 40. Do you look at the odds? I don't, but I do remember. I want but to say I mean, dude, that one was forty-two to forty-three it, points. But it's a hard to it's hard to avoid it. Yeah, I is mean, it, you, you see it like whenever you just like fly, flying through the ESPN app, you see that stuff for so. sure, man. And people probably bring it up. Media, oh, yeah. people probably bring oh, yeah. it up. Yeah, I know that as a coach, you're probably like, I don't give a shit. But okay, forty. I think it's a. I, I do remember, man. And you guys, now this is your old stomping grounds. You're from Lubbock, and I, I dude, I remember. I remember this game like it was yesterday, and you guys come in. And <laughs> you probably should have won the game. Yeah. I mean, tell me about the game. I mean, and that, at that point, and you're on the other sideline for the first time. How does that feel? Let, let me circle back here. Go ahead. Because no. this, is a, this, is, a, this is a great deal. Absolutely. So we finished the 2019 season. No. We scored 37 points that year. Mm-hmm. So we just jumped up 10. We're the top five scoring offense in college football. We're the number two passing in the FCS, that is. We got the whole squad coming back. So we're like, so we're like, we're about to roll here in 2020. Like right. we're going to go win a conference championship here at, at Houston Baptist. Mm-hmm. It's um, Houston what now? What they did they change it Houston to? Houston Christian. Houston Christian. Okay, go ahead. So I got to tell this. There's a lot that well, I'll jump back to this part. Go later. ahead, man. Don't know. So now remind me to jump back. So this is a cool, whenever you ask me why I'm, when I end up moving to, to Kentucky, cause that, I'm sure you're going to get to that at some point. For sure. But at some point, <laughs> so we roll through Well, COVID happens. So now you're like, what are we going to do? Are we even going to play football? We're right. all dis- We're all just like so upset because we're like, man, we were going to, we really felt like we we're going to go win it this year yep. and we we're going to be super underdogs to win it. But we just felt like we had the dudes and we we're going to roll. Yeah. Well, the season comes around and you have your leaders on the team and that we, you know, we kind of call our guys in and say, look, they're going to cancel our conference games, but we have a couple money games. And you know, when you're the FCS team, you got to play these bigger schools to basically help pay for your budget. Absolutely. And so we already had North Texas on the docket. North Texas is like, Hey, we're playing our season. We want to play y'all. Mm-hmm. So we were like, Hey, do y'all want to play guys? Do y'all want to still play one game? You're, you're still going to get to play next year or you're not going to take your eligibility, all that. So our guys are like, hell yeah, we want to play. So we're, we're about to go play North. So now we're like in fall camp and we're in the whole mask test every day. Yeah. Like it's a pain. It's got to be a pain in the ass. I mean, and so, it's almost like, is it worth it even to like do this? Yeah. And so all of a sudden uh, we get a phone call. Our head coach gets a phone call from Louisiana Tech. And he's like, hey, week four, we had a team drop. Do y'all want to come play us? We ask our guys. Yeah, we want to play. She's like, all right, well, hey, we got North Texas and Law Tech. Here we go. That's good. Well, then it's crazy thing happened. Here we go. Texas Tech calls. 
hey, do y'all want to come to Lubbock week two? Absolutely. So again, like in our mind, I mean, you, you always What's think a you're financial gonna, decision? Exactly. Right. And so we knew what that was for us. So we knew basically between them three games, I don't want to give you the exact number, but it was approximately a little bit over a million dollars, I believe, to play those three games. That's a Here, lot for Houston Baptist. A lot. Yeah. And that was like, they're going to pay for the travel, blah, blah, blah. Like, huge deal for us. And so, of course, Texas Tech was like, I'm like, hey, let's go do it, man. Let's go back. It'd be fun. And uh, it'd be cool to go back home for me, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we played North Texas game one. Uh, we ended up getting beat pretty good, but we had a really nice day offensively. Mm-hmm. I think we scored 33 or 34 points against them, had 550 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Quarterback played really well. We were really playing good. We just couldn't outscore and them, I still basically. Keep thinking, when, you, when you say, like, you scored 37 points, I still keep thinking back to the time, like, when you took the job, thirteen, they scored thirteen. But Houston Baptist scoring thirteen points a game. Yep, jeez, Almighty man, yep. that's amazing. Okay, go ahead. And so we felt good, and so we went into Texas Tech, and um, man, they had some football players. Man, I mean, Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I mean, compared to what you, I mean, yeah. I hate this. It's not a slight to the dude. You no, had. I'm it's with just, you, hundred percent. Come on, man. It's just a, yeah. And yeah. the biggest thing too for for the listeners out here that people always ask, like, what's the biggest difference in FBS and FCS? It's always in the trenches, yeah. O line, D line. Yeah, it's always that way. Like you know, you know, not everybody, but skill players can really match up at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we had really good skill players, which we'll talk about when we start getting diving into the game a little bit more. But mm-hmm. in the trenches is where we're like, man, we just got to hold up. You yeah. know, and so we knew, you know, coming into the game, we knew that that Texas Tech was going to probably try to heat us up and, and really put pressure on Bailey and play a lot of man coverage. And so, I'll be honest, we did. A, I came up with a game plan. Me and my staff came up with a game plan that that did some stuff we had never shown before. Yeah. And Bailey Zappi played lights out. Ben Ratzlaff, Jared Stearns, DJ Dormius, Josh Stearns, Jared's younger brother. Yeah. I mean, we just we went off, and yeah. you know, Bailey threw for almost six hundred yards, and uh, we got inside the five two two times and didn't score score points inside the five and then went for that two-point conversion there at the end and and didn't get that to tie the game up at the end that's the thing is that you you guys had a chance to you went for two at the end of the game to tie it now let me ask you this dude after that game is over and i know you lost and i know that you're you're pissed and disappointed because that's how everybody is but when did you know that that game was possibly like or or was a, a turning point for you in your personal like journey did you did that did it happen immediately i think whenever i really when i looked at my cell phone to be honest with you after the game and i had probably it it wasn't due to a text from me or philip james or from chris kitley i had some from y'all too but yeah but i'm saying but 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 it was probably some you probably got some messages from people that were uh pretty i mean more i say more more respected in the field, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you. The cool thing was is, and you know, you you didn't know uh, at the time. I didn't know this, but like every other game at that time had gotten canceled. So we're like the only game on ESPN that night. Oh my god! And so yeah, I we had, no, I did not know that. So we had yeah. one one of the best dudes on ESPN Radio, Ian Fitzsimmons. He was our sideline uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he like loved me for whatever reason and so yeah. he boosted me the whole tv copy and then coach kingsbury they had, they had called kingsbury to get a quote from him and coach kingsbury said a bunch of great things about who's me already on TV. In arizona at the time. yeah who's yeah. at arizona yeah. and so you you see all this stuff and so i get on my phone and of course you know the majority of it's family and friends and and stuff like that but they're sending me videos of like what they were saying on tv and it's yeah, just like it's it just was. like yeah. it's like holy smoke you get off you get off your phone and you've got guys like like tweeting at you that are like some big time dudes like hey this this is he kitley guy you know yeah. is real hey ba- bailey zappy's a unbelievable you know yeah. and it's kind of like 
okay, we we may have just we may have just done this, yeah, yeah. and and it may be a good thing for us, yeah, yeah. But but the crazy thing was circling back to what I was going to tell you about before I moved to Kentucky. Uh, right before that, I had basically uh, felt like. I had a really good opportunity that the head coach at the time was going to bump up and be the athletic director at, at HBU, and I was going to be able to take over as head coach. And at that point, me and Emily had been renting a home for two years. And we're like, hey, let's buy a house. We're going to be here for a few years. I'm going to be the head coach here. Shut up. So we bought a house in May of 2020, right in the middle of COVID. And then, Oh, dude. So, you got to be kidding me. No, true story. That's a lot of stuff to handle, dude. I know. All right. Hey, you know what? Um, um, I want to I wanna take it. I want to. I want to take a, a second and just let's uh, recalibrate because there's a lot going on here. And then we're going to talk about it's a big move coming up. All right. So you had this great season at Houston Baptist. So when you know, like you're moving, like you or did you No, you know what? Let me back up because. We talked about this before the mics were on. Like, you have an agent. Like, do you get an agent? When do you get an agent as a coach? So when you it, become an offensive coordinator? Is that when you get an agent? So it just depends, you know. I, I think it just uh, depends where you're at, what your level is, how much money you're making. Because, I mean, you, you know, you clearly you do got to pay these guys. <laughs> yeah, they take, so, a, they, take a, they take a check. Yeah, they know? do. And so we uh, – um, whenever I went to Houston Baptist, I did not have an agent. That was easy to do. Um, the contract was not super complicated or nothing mm-hmm. like that. It was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the pretty much after that Texas Tech game, um, and then we ended up playing Louisiana Tech and, and had a lot of success offensively, and then Eastern Kentucky and won that game, had a lot of success offensively, and that was the end of our 2020 COVID year. I was getting a lot of phone calls at that point. Um, from people wanting to sign me and mm-hmm. for them to represent me and uh you like mike jones <laughs> exactly no now they uh, want to sign me yeah okay, well, no. okay. My, that's but, a terrible joke my god <laughs> so bad i'm so sorry but uh and it was kind of like one of those deals for me i was kind of like man i like what these guys are they're basically they're kind of recruiters you know when you first get to know them agents oh yeah oh yeah and so oh, i was yeah. and i'm again man i'm like I'm like, hey, I, I understand this. I said, you, you got to understand what you're doing to me right now. I do for a living. You mm-hmm. know, I talk to and I recruit kids. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do it for a living and also coach them. So I was very, very thorough and I had my wife involved um, just because, it's you know, good, it's probably a real good idea. Yeah. And, you know, and she's, she's, always like hey what's best for you is best for us and our family and and that's that's the goal you know but i got her involved and um we we really i got a calls from my i mean i can't tell you many different agencies 12 to 15 probably mm-hmm. and it was kind of a different scenario because i'm like guys look like i don't make that much money like they're like no but we, we're going to help you get better jobs and you know of, i didn't really of course they are i mean I all that way you know i didn't understand really how it worked to be honest with you when i was yeah, i was a young guy working at houston baptist and i'm like look like you're not going to get me a job like my my stats and my numbers and my production give me a job for sure and uh my resume gets me the job exactly yeah and and so it's kind of funny i was getting a million phone calls and uh to to sign an agent so i'm like look i'm gonna i'm gonna do my research on these agents and and try to find which one i want to do and so I literally started going to dinners with these with these guys and and probably sitting some down. pretty good dinners too. Some really good dinners, yeah. yeah steaks and I mean it was good. It yeah, was a good time that you did not have to pay for. Exactly, I did the same thing. Dude. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, I'd be like, hey, I'd go out to even if I knew I was going to sign with one dude, I'd be like, yeah, I'm listening to everybody <laughs> every <laughs> like night of the week. Hey, like you're Monday, a, your Tuesday, hey, your Wednesday. It's like taking a recruiting visit, you know. No doubt, I might be committed here, but 
I'll listen. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. And so, but the the crazy thing for me was I was talking to all these agents trying to kind of try to decide which one I wanted. And I'd really kind of funneled it down to, to three different agents and agencies and uh, kind of a weird deal, man. Uh, Steven Hamby, who is now my offensive line coach here at Texas Tech, Dude. who's one of the greatest old linemen to play at Texas Tech. Yeah, and we play golf. That's what we play. I play golf. I yes, love him, did. dude. He's a good dude, man. Great dude. Great I mean, he's dude. Like, honestly, down to earth, really good dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was. Uh, he was actually on in an off the field role as a as a quality control at Western Kentucky, and he called me. And him and I have been in a, in a revolving group chat with the old school. We call it kind of like the slaps, you know, the, the GAs, the QCs. With, oh, yeah, Hank's in there. No, no, Hank's love in there. Okay, this, by the way, I want to say a special shout-out. Uh, Courtney Cunningham and Drew Cunningham, a.k.a. Hank. Dude, Courtney's, she was in the Fantasy Football League, the Windows are Top Fantasy Football League this year. She did not win, by the way, uh, but she was in it. She beat me twice. But shout-out to her husband, Hank. Hank. Which we call Hank. That's Drew. That's and uh, their son Cooper. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Great people, great friends. Uh, we of love mine. her, man. We, yeah. they, they, we love them. They're so they're they, dude, two of the best people ever. Anyway, they, Drew's part of that, and Hamby's part of that. Anyway, and a, and a bunch of us dudes down down gotcha. down the line of the early Texas Tech staff. Yep. Uh, anyway, and so when his name popped up on my phone, I'm kind of like. What's he calling me for? I'm like, Western Kentucky. I'm like, oh, they're probably playing North Texas or La Tech. Mm-hmm. They're in the conference USA. He's calling yeah. to ask, like, hey, what do you think about the their defense report. or scout yeah. report? Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's up, bro? What are you doing? I'm like, nothing really because we're done with the season. I'm sitting in my office. I don't even remember what I was doing at the time. Honestly, there was not a whole lot going on. Yeah. And he's like, you want to be the OC at Western Kentucky? And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he was like, he's like, all right, this is going to sound crazy. He's like, but Tyson Helton's our head football coach. And when he gets his mind set on something, like he's going to go for it 100%. And he said, he's watched your games this year. He really likes you. If you have interest, he's going to call you. And he's like, and I'm just telling you right now, like he may offer you the job over the phone if he likes you. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely interested. For sure. Um, I mean, you're talking about one of the best uh, G5 schools out there in Western Kentucky. What's a G5 mean? Just group, for the people out there. Group of five. So maybe, you're not. Maybe, so maybe I need to know too, but I'm just telling you for the people out there. <laughs> yeah. So so you have your power five schools and uh-huh. your group of five. So okay. your group of five is your lower level FBS schools. Yeah. That's shout out to uh, my boy Greg Miller, the Ohio Bobcats. They're probably yep. a G5 school. They are. Yes, shout sir. Shout out. Let's go. And so, and you know, they've, they were very, you know, just the the hilltopper mascot. Everybody knows the hilltopper, the and it's one of the best mascots in in, in all college bat and all college uh, basketball and all college sports. Yes, the hilltopper, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so I was definitely interested. You know, a, a step in the direction of my profession that I wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, clearly financially, it was the right move as, as well. So yeah. uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll take a phone call. And so I remember literally walking out of the office uh, there at Houston Baptist, and I went and sat in my truck to have this phone conversation. I thought it was going to be like 15 minutes. Ended up being like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm on the phone with Coach Helton. Yeah. And pretty much after it was over, he's like, I'm just going to clear everything with my AD, but I really like you. I want to hire you. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, the dude wants to hire me over the phone. It's that quick. It's it was that, that It fast. was that quick. And so then, do you have an agent, though, whenever that's happening? Not though. when this is okay. happening, no. I got you. I'm okay. still in that kind of that interview process mm-hmm. of me interviewing them, basically. And so anyway, um, I end up getting hired at Western Kentucky through more of people that I know, not the agent. Right. But at this point, I had kind of narrowed it down to this agent. And it's crazy how these agents, these agents just work. They work with everybody. Right. And so he had actually heard an inkling that I was going to, that I had the opportunity to maybe get oh, that job. Oh, they hear shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so, 
So we go, and so anyway, so I get the job at Western Kentucky. Basically, honestly, Stephen Hamby, shout out again. Like, yeah. he really helped me into it. And, and clearly, tech. Yeah, that's and then, the thing. Yeah. but you, you talk about just how it works, how life works. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. clearly, again, shout out my staff at, yeah. at Houston Baptist, my players, Bailey Zappi, Jared Stearns. But it's another, it's another lesson in this. Don't burn any bridges. Yes. Do not. It, it's not worth it. Because yeah. sometimes you may need to come back to that bridge. Yeah. And cross it. Yeah. So well, my deal on that just be a good person. I mean, that's what I mean. Well, be that's a good person. Thing. Yeah, just well, be a good guy. That's probably better. It's probably a better way to say it, Zach. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you're I at, get, so, so I get. Western, yeah. So I get the job at Western, and this whole time now I pretty much at this point, so I'd done eight eight dinners with these guys, met them multiple times, asked them a billion questions. Hey, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, why why do you want to sign me? Where do you see for me? Mm-hmm. What other guys that are like me do you represent? Because yeah. I thought that was important. That too. is important. Um, yeah. So basically, I ended up, uh, uh, I won't say exactly who it is just because I don't think I should, but I signed with one of the best agencies, one of the best agents out there. Um, but that for me didn't happen actually, because uh, here's my here's my mind process, right? I could still talk to these guys. I felt like I just signed my contract, so I didn't feel like I needed anybody at that point yeah. uh, uh, to really help me. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, because you know how it goes, you, you, got, you got to pay them. You know they're going to look over the language of the contract. Well, they take a percentage of that of that contract. Yes, they do. Absolutely. And so I'm like, look, I feel like I got this one locked down, so yeah. I may hire this guy after I sign this deal. Um, so basically, it, it just kind of like you know how the football season goes. You, you move to a new school, your head's spinning. You're trying to get to know the new staff again. I didn't get to bring nobody with me. Now Stephen Hamby got hired as the full time O line coach, so that was a huge help for me. At least you, at least you know something yes yeah, so you know somebody going in well and i knew him and his wife Devin, and right. they had raved about coach helton and his wife april and the, mm-hmm. the town of bowling green and oh it's the best spot and it was great and all that stuff so that that really helped uh you know ease emily because emily again we were an hour and 10 minute drive at that point to her parents house yeah. we saw them all the time yeah and you're talking about moving to kentucky exactly you, you started in lubbock and she's familiar with lubbock because mm-hmm. she went to school there and then you moved to houston what she's from not too far away from there and now you're moving to kentucky like really yeah western kentucky university like bowling green where is that that's a tough move for you know yeah for a coach's wife i mean dude you gotta i know it's part of the it's what you signed up for but damn dude that's yeah tough. no again and she was awesome she knew it was a huge step in the right direction yeah. for me and yeah um so so let's uh all right so you got an agent i don't know i mean so at this point, I still don't have an agent. Okay. So, you still, so when you signed, did you sign your contract with Western Kentucky without an agent? Correct. Shut up, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Again, the the contract that I signed at Western Kentucky is not near as wordy as the one I signed at Texas Tech. I can assure you that. Gotcha. And, and <laughs> also, and also, That's too, true. having I had I had I had a lot of success at Houston Baptist, but the the success that I had in 2021 at Western Kentucky yeah. really, I mean, you talk about even jump yeah. you up to to a, a different level yeah. and some of the people that start calling you yeah. and wanting to talk to you, you just start, kind of start to realize, okay, you're about to start talking about some different financial things that like, I don't even understand this wording at all. That's about yeah. to be in these contracts. I need well, this guy now. Yeah. I would never understand that either. Yeah. You need some, you need some legal representation at yeah. some point. So, so basically, you know, I took the, I took the Western Kentucky job, the transfer portal hit, Yep, I had a great relationship with a, with a bunch of those guys on that team, and Bailey Zappi wanted to play for me. He came and played for me, and here comes Jer, Jer uh, Stearns, Josh Hearns, Ben Ratzlaff. Those guys came in. Western yeah. Kentucky had already done a really good job with that roster. We hit on some big-time transfers when I first got there in the mm-hmm. transfer portal. What? 
I mean, I think the biggest would be Bailey and 100%. Stearns and the two, uh, uh, both Stearns. Yep. Then that's huge, man. Yeah. How, how important was that if, for them to come in that they knew you in the system already versus if they were to, they were just like really, really good players and they were to come in without knowing system? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. That's why, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, I'm sure. But that's why I'm excited about Texas Tech football, the future of where we're at. Right. You know, offensively for us, 2023, the system year Listen, two. Listen, Zach, we're going to get to Texas Tech football. Just yeah. relax, okay? <laughs> God, he's so he's itching, man. He just itch. Look at him. That's what I love about him. Yeah. I love you. I love that about you, dude. But listen, let's take a step-by-step. So Bailey comes in. and So when the head coach... Does he decide like, hey, we want these guys, or or you have that that much say? Like, hey, no, Bailey's coming in. Like, that's going to be our dude. No, I mean, I I had, I had a say in it because they, sure. you know, again, those the whole the whole staff that had been there that that had a hand in the recruiting process had watched those games and they thought he was a good player and yeah. and I could speak to a different level of it and I told him like guys this is gonna be year four for him in my system like I'm telling you like this dude's a different cat now yeah yeah <laughs> like y'all trust me y'all saw what he did no. against these guys get let me get some different linemen and some different weapons around him and you're right um and and yeah. it again things happen for a reason and you know he came and, and Jareth came and mm. um he was very comfortable with what we were doing and shout out to Tyson Helton too because I because I learned a lot yeah. in that That's time from yeah. yep, the head coach here at Western that, that he taught me a lot of things that you're seeing a little bit different offensively now than like you would have seen whenever I was at Houston Baptist that we did um the last few years but yeah. um but Bailey Zappi comes and I mean that's a that's a game changer going back to you know is how big of a difference is it's huge being able to come in with that continuity between me and the quarterback who who in this system runs the whole show yeah. um, and then a, a guy like Jared Stearns who's the smartest football player I've ever been around in my life that's not a quarterback yeah. which says a lot about him so you know NCAA only gives us X amount of hours a week to be around these guys yeah. so when it was non-football time Bailey and Jared were basically coaches and they were coaching the rest of the team when we couldn't do it damn dude and so that's a huge See, deal you get some dudes in like that that are bought in like that that's crazy man yep. because uh, I could I could tell a lot of stories about that stuff just on a high school level. Yeah. Where if you got guys that are bought in, like are willing to come in and and and, and I mean, and on a level like you're talking about, yeah, you you have it's weird, man. You have so many hours, and people forget that. Yeah. A lot of people forget you have a certain amount of hours. You you are with these guys, and after that, it's over. Yep. And uh, you can't risk the being with them over that because you can't. Yeah, because that is uh, violations. And, oh yeah, my god, dude, you guys are on, under so much regulation; it's crazy. Yep. But uh, so you, you go to Western Kentucky, and you guys, t- dude, I, it's funny, man. Me and your brother Chris, I've never met up with somebody to watch Western Kentucky football, or like a, a fo- football that wasn't like you know in the Big Twelve. Right. Like, hey, let's watch the game. Right, like we, and I knew what game he was talking about. Hey, you want to go up and watch the game? I'm like, yeah, we're watching the Western Kentucky game. Oh yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah, yeah. So 2021, uh, unbelievable year. Clearly, with all we we were able to do, and again, phenomenal. I, I had phenomenal people around me and f- unbelievable football players. When you go back and you look at who who we play, who we had as on our team, and then you look at the staff that I had now. I mean, from that staff that I had. I got bumped. I moved to Texas Tech. Stephen Hay moved to Texas Tech. My co-OC, inside receivers coach, Brian Ellis, is now the offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern. Um, now my receivers coach at the time last year is now the receivers coach at Georgia Tech. My running backs coach is now the running back coach at the University of Oregon. My quality control, Ben Arbuckle, who's a quality control, who the year before is the offensive coordinator at Seminole High School, is now he got bumped straight to OC last year. They ripped it again. Now he's offensive coordinator, power five, at 26 years old at Washington State. Dude, 
that's to be what you're what you're explaining right now is your coaching tree. That is. That is your coaching tree. Yes. That's what well, you know. What's funny is that Coach Hamby could be like, "Well, that's my coaching tree." Yeah. Because he, you know, he brought you into it. But I get it. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Dude, that is your coaching tree, dude. Because now you look at when the Super Bowl is coming up, you see Andy Reid's coaching tree. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh my god. Well, yeah, that dude. The, it's weird that you have a coaching tree, Zach. Pretty cool. It's man, that's way cool. Yeah, so like all, you, all you guys I shouted out, don't disappoint me now. Come on. <laughs> Especially you, Arbuckle. Arbuckle, baby. Yeah. Don't don't disappoint, son. Yeah. I'm just playing. Dude, so you guys go have a, a great year. And I mean, like, well, a record-setting year. Yep. Obviously. I mean, five, almost 6,000 yards passing that yep. year. When did it happen? When did you know? Because let me tell you something right now. Being friends with your brother... <laughs> You, you, you know some stuff a little sooner than others, but but even Chris was like a little behind. But because dude, you can't just say, "Hey, yeah, I'm about to I'm about to be the offensive coordinator." What what was the first contact you had? I want to know the very first contact uh, that you can say that uh, Texas Tech was interested. Oh, I mean, so Coach McGuire and I developed a relationship about three years ago or so now, maybe four years ago. I did not know that. Okay. So Coach McGuire and I have known each other. Um, And so this had kind of been something that that he had had wanted, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, whenever he got hired, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I remember telling Emily I got a chance. I was like, I texted him and I was like, hey, you know, I love it here, but, you know, that's my home, too, at the same time. For sure. And he's like, hey, let me get settled in, clearly. And he's like, let me call you in a week to 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. Because at this point, we're, we're rolling. I'm trying to win a conference championship anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. like, perfect. So he called me and he interviewed me over the phone for about 30 or 40 minutes one night. And I remember feeling good about it. And my whole thing was, coach, you just let me get through the season and come, let me come talk to you in person. Yeah. So, you, so I can talk to you. And you can right. see how I am. Right. And uh, it was about. That's f- another example of you betting on yourself. Yeah, but the, but but here's the kicker. About four days later, he announced on Twitter that he was going to keep Sonny Cumbie as offensive coordinator. Ooh. And so that was a that was a it's tough. Funny how things work, man. Yeah, you're a student so, assistant at one point. Oh yeah. yeah. And so that was a that was a kick in the heart a little bit, just because mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I, I just you know, again, this is maybe me, you know. But you didn't think it. you were going to come? Did, did you think it? But I mean, I know you have to have this certain sort of confidence in yourself but did you think you were going to come in and be the offensive coordinator over Sonny Cumbie I thought I had a good chance okay yes. well then that hey then that's it that that's what I'm talking about that's the confidence you need in yourself yeah I, I felt really good about it love you it. know and love and, that and uh you know I didn't and coach Cumbie man I love him to death like I've said a hundred times yeah, dude's a dude. freaking ball coach love really him. really good dude great great coach uh but I just you know I felt like maybe I didn't know you know I didn't know what the what that transition was going to be like for him either because you yeah. know I know he interviewed for the head job he didn't get the head job um so you just you that's didn't, a good I didn't, point. I didn't, I didn't know. Think about that. Yeah, I didn't know how that transition was going to go for him. Did he want to stay? Did he want to go do his own thing? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was I was disappointed a little bit, but but this is kind of now kind of circling all back things together here. This is kind of whenever I started getting a lot of phone calls, and this is whenever like the agent true or false, real quick. You, and you can just say true, false, no comment. Okay, doesn't matter. Ole Miss. False. USC. False. Lubbock Christian. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. 
They don't have a football team. I'll but, just say, I'll just say, I'll say this to the listeners. I've told, uh, I've told a lot of people that's Avery Benson when he was on. Uh, Chris, I, this is not a breaking news podcast, so I'm sorry. That's a weird place to put you in. I apologize. But I'll say this. The people that reached out to me, they were not great. They were big-time schools, mm-hmm. big-time logos, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They were not good scenarios. Gotcha. Okay. Fine. But Fine. at that point, I knew that I was at least going to get into these discussions. Yeah. And so at that point, it was so like... So basically, you're saying like Tulane. No, I'm just playing. No, I'm, bigger. I'm, I'm, I know. I know. It was probably like... Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that... No, you know what? I'm not letting it go. Okay. All right. Go ahead. But it was at that point in late November mm. that we were really ripping it. And I yeah. was like, okay, I'm starting to get these calls. So you're still coaching. To, That's oh, the thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't get this, man. You're still coaching. I need to sign this. I need to sign my agent now. This oh, is circling so, back to all that. So wait it was like so mid-November. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me back up. You are in the middle of your season with Western Kentucky, this record-setting season, and you still don't have an agent. Correct. But I. But this whole time, basically for a full year, uh, this guy had drove down to Bowling Green uh, mm-hmm. and, and take, took me to dinner four or five times. Uh, I knew he was who I was going with. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point in, in – mid to late November that I'm like, okay, this is about to really get real for me here. And, yeah. and some of the stuff is because at some point, let me, let me, I hope I'm, let me speak for you just a second. Um, at some point you got to have somebody that fields these phone calls because yes. you're trying to do your job. Yes. I mean, you're trying to be the coach, the offensive coordinator at Western Kentucky and win a conference championship and possibly a bowl game and be your, you got to dedicate your 100% self. Absolutely. And you can't handle, you can't do this. You're like, hey, Emily, can you take this phone call from, you know, whatever? Yeah. No. At that that point in time, you need somebody. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get it. And at that point, I really had, you know, when I was at Houston Baptist, I was getting a few phone calls here and there, but it wasn't like these top blue blood programs that were offering you three-year contracts at seven-figure deals and stuff like that. So it just changes. And again, the wording in the contracts is stuff that if you don't have experience in that, that can really get you in trouble later down the line. And that's really what, um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, these guys do a phenomenal job at getting you places too. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And so it was mid to late, mid to late November, whenever I started getting a lot of interest from these schools and it was like, all right, well, I'm going to sign this guy. Did it, when you sign that guy, does it feel good? If, if somehow, uh, somebody has your personal, uh, phone and they call you and say, Hey, we're interested. Do you, how good does it feel to go? Um, I'm just going to direct you to uh, whoever yeah. your agent is. Yeah, it helps that, a lot. Yeah, it does. Especially <laughs> it in the does. middle of your football season again, yeah. when you're trying to go into a conference championship. Yeah. Which, you know what? That says a lot to you. for your character. It's like, dude, I'm I'm focused on this. Oh yeah. God, I just got to be focused on this. Yep. I think that's your dad coming out in you, man. <laughs> I do. I think that's a quality of that. that I don't. Th- I don't think that's a, a a learned characteristic. I think that's an innate that or a. Uh, passed down gene yeah i'm dedicated to the what i've got going on at one at this time of my life yeah well in this profession especially for young coaches and you know i remember feeling it as a ga like people you, you don't want to be where your feet are and you want to chase money and chase the, the high profile and and some of those things and yeah. again start out young and made a lot of mistakes learned a lot yeah. along the way and i got to that point to where there's some of these schools yeah a lot of money, big contracts, yeah. blue blood programs that I still was like, because the scenarios going on, I've still like, I don't even know if I'll take the job. I may stay and get a raise here at Western Kentucky and stick, stick here. Yeah. Because I still felt really good with where we were at there too. And um, so, but that's, that's the point mid to late November is when I signed my agent. Let me move forward. You know what? And your brother's texting me right now. Of course. Chris. Yeah. 
And, he, and let me just ask you, just because, just to satisfy him. Okay. Real quick, he says, uh, ask him who his favorite brother is. And I went, he already told me John. Yeah. He said, well, I'm taking Zach out of my will. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, tell him, I'm, tell him I'm not watching his kids anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. He has two girls of his own. Anyway. Yes, he does. Right, he can a, walk, yeah. Yeah. I love me some Chris Kitley, dude. Great dude. Um, okay. So circling back know, to the I agent. Know, okay. To, yeah. Let's talk about so, the agent. So yeah. I signed him late. You, you don't want to say who your agent is. No. But yeah. Anyway. So I signed, but mid to late November. And so now we're starting to get calls. It's coming in and out with this tech stuff happening. And I'm telling, like I told him, I'm like, hey, I got a chance at this thing. I truly believe I got a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, then. Coach Cumby gets retained, and then it's literally, I, I, I kid you not, so then we, we go play at Marshall. Zach, say literally one more time. That's my pet peeve. I know it is. I know. I know it is. But I'm just playing. This was actually true. It's my problem, not yours, okay? We played Marshall in Huntington, West Virginia, let it fly, end up winning that game. We win the East Division. We're, we're going to the conference championship game. That was a late Saturday night, and we busted that one because it's only like a three-hour bust. We bust, and then we're playing Conference USA Championship game in San Antonio the next Friday night. Mm-hmm. It is Monday lunchtime, and I get a text message from our guy, Chris Lovell. My dude. And, and he's like, hey, some, some stuff's about to, to break off here. Get your phone ready. And so next thing I know, about an hour later, it's Sonny Cumbie's going to be the head coach at Louisiana Tech. And, and you're then, like, it's about to go down, son. 30 minutes later, I look down at my phone because I'm working, trying to prepare yeah. for a conference championship game. Yeah, you're in San Antonio trying to do your thing. Well, I, at this point, I'm still in Bowling Green. Well, Bowling Green, I'm sorry. But yep. I, okay, my bad. Yeah. Look down at my phone. Joy, coach Joey McGuire's phone's flying across my phone. He's calling me. Yep. So I answer the phone. What's up? He's like, what's up, stud? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, well, hey, I, I'd like to in, get you to come down. When, when could you do it? And I'm like, well, I'm playing a conference championship game Friday. So he has to respect that, right? Absolutely. Okay. So he's like, well, hey, why don't you do this? So you can do whatever you need to do. I know recruiting's happening too. Like, if you need to recruit, recruit. He's like, let's meet Sunday afternoon. Perfect. So I, I walked straight into the head coach's office. Coach Helton said, look, and he has to respect that too. He does. I said, he? I said, Coach, we're going to go win this game. I said, yeah. but I got to tell you this. Yeah. After the game, I'm going to, I got to interview in Lubbock. Yeah. And he had been joking with me about it for three weeks. <laughs> uh, you're going to Lubbock. <laughs> hey, the private, the private plane from with a double T on it's at the Bowling Green too. Airport. That. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Great yeah. dude. So he was like, man, I, he's like, hey, don't fly back with the team. You're already in Texas. Take yeah. Saturday to prepare for the interview and go get that job Sunday. Man, like, unbelievable. Dude, unbelievable. A, what, that's, Dan, you know what that, You know what that's called? That's called being a leader and wanting people underneath you to, to succeed. Yeah. No, that's awesome. It I, was, I couldn't believe it. And so, yeah. of course, we played down in San Antonio Friday night. We battle UTSA. We ended up losing that game. I got my that's whole what, family there. That was UTSA's, there. like, big year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, the whole family. So I remember Chris was down there. Yeah. The whole yeah. family was down mm-hmm. there. And so, like, I had already planned out, like, after the game, we're going to, you know, spend the night clearly because it's a night mm-hmm. game. Wake up Saturday morning, drive to Lubbock. I'm going to prepare for the interview, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to interview Sunday. So, yeah. we drove back in my mom's car. Me, mom, and dad drove back from San Antonio to Lubbock. Talked about it. I got a phone call from Coach Kingsbury on the on the drive up because he knew I was interviewing on Sunday. He talked me through the interview and Dang. we just wanted to 
you know, tell me like, Hey, he's like, Hey dude, you're, you're in a really good situation right now. He's yeah. like, make sure they give you what you want. Cause yeah. I know there's some other schools that want you to. Yeah. And he's like, and dude. I know, I know you want to go to Texas Tech. That's your spot. But he was basically giving me, just give me some good advice and just tell me like, Hey man, yeah. like you're in a really good scenario. So like, I'm going to tell you right now, dude, you're getting, you're getting uh, advice on the way from San Antonio back up to Lubbock. You're in the car with your mom and dad. Yep. And you get a phone call from Cliff. Yes. And you get advice. And that's dude. That, I mean, Come on, man. Pretty successful coach. But you know what? I think the person that you could get the most advice from is probably driving the car. Yeah. And, dad. and it's crazy, too. People don't realize the, the lady in the back seat, too. <laughs> oh, wait. She was in the back. Okay. My mom was in the back. She let my, my six, seven legs sit in the front. <laughs> That's true. Probably good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. But Come she's, on. She's, I mean, she's, she's been, she's been a coach's wife for, for 40 years. She and knows what's up. She knows what's up. So it was, it was a good deal, but just being able to have, I mean, talk about just make you feel good and give you confidence going into Sunday that, that, you know, NFL head coach is taking time yeah. out of his, he's until in middle of season. He's yeah. literally playing the next day Yeah. and he's calling me, giving me advice. How do you, how do you, uh, hmm, how do you handle the rumors? Cause there was tons of rumors. Because Chris Level doesn't text you just because Chris Level's texting you. Yeah. Chris Level's in the know. Right. And Chris Level's in the business of, no, Chris Level is uh, cognizant of personal relationships. So yes. let me put that out there because I love him. And that's what I love about him. Yep. But, I mean, there's rumors everywhere. Oh, yeah. How do you handle that? You just you you just try not to even think about them. To be honest with you, you I let mean, Chris you let Chris Kitley handle them. Well, yeah, he does a lot for me on on, on social media for sure. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Somebody, I mean, I I remember this like it was yesterday too. I'm sitting in. Uh, this is Thursday night before the conference championship game, and, and Emily's phone starts blowing up from Whitney. Yeah. Whitney Dickey yeah. is texting her saying, Whitney Pendergrass, yeah, okay. yes. And she's saying, hey, one of our other friends from high school, Emily Crawford Rivenbark, who's married now, she said, she's a, she went to Auburn, big Auburn girl, and she's like, they say Zach's coming to Auburn. And, oh, and, my God. And this is, we were sitting there uh, just hanging out with all the coaches Thursday night before the conference championship game in San Antonio. And then I'm like, no, nah, it's rumors. And they're like, someone changed your Wikipedia page that you are the office of coordinator <laughs> at Auburn. So my wife goes real quick. Emily goes and looks at me. There it is. Sat Kelly, yeah. Auburn office coordinator yeah. on Wikipedia. Yep. So it's that's like, why I, that's why I asked you like a little troop because there was a lot of like, oh, yeah. So let me ask you. So. Dude, there's a lot of that happening yeah. at that time. Because yeah. I heard a lot of it, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I dismissed a lot of it because, you know what, I probably texted you three or four times during that uh, period. Because there was a lot of, lot, I mean, a lot of just, how do, you, how, do you, how do you filter that? I mean, you don't, obviously, because you're like, I know what's happening. Yeah. I don't care. Cause, but when Emily starts hearing it, that's, right. it, that's what's different. Well, you know, Emily, I mean, this is... This is what I love about her and the confidence that she has in me. I mean, this is really funny now looking back at it. But so Whitney Pendergrass, Whitney Dickey, is a realtor here in Lubbock. She's introduced us. We're all great friends. Yeah. Well, Emily's like Zach's interviewing on Sunday. She's like, find us a house. And that's, yeah, that's it. She's like, she's like, well, he's going to do the in-person interview. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And we had, you know, my baby Ford had been born for literally, (laughs) sorry, I said literally again, for three to four weeks. And uh, 
it was just kind of one of those deals to where I felt like, again, whenever I, whenever I talked to Coach McGuire three weeks before that, and I said, if I can get the in-person interview, I think you're going to really love what, what I can bring to the table. And, you know, the biggest thing about me is I'm a, I'm a West Texas guy. I'm a Texas Tech Red Raider. I got two degrees from this place. Yeah. No one's going to work harder for Texas Tech University yeah. and for you than I will. And me, I just truly yeah. believe that. Okay, then let me move forward. Uh, you, the, the, the final interview you had with uh, Coach McGuire. Like where it was like, all right, this is the, this is the one. Is there anything interesting that you've never said to, uh, publicly that we need to know? Because I just feel like there's probably been some things like you know, because um, I know you guys have a good relationship, but I, I'm, I'm hinting at something here that I think you told me personally. That I think it's cool. Is that he was like, hey, are you? I think the people want to know, are you going to run the football? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. happened on no, that? So yeah. he, and and we, we laugh about this to this day. He yeah. asked me, he said, what if I told you that, that since the Big 12 champion, since the Big 12 conference started, that there has never been a team win the Big 12 championship if they did not run for 2,000 yards in a season? Mm-hmm. And I said, Coach, I want to win. I said, if that's pass the ball, run the ball, whatever it takes, I want to win games. I said, winning is more important than statistics at the end of the day. I said, if we've got the personnel to run the football, I'm going to run the football. I said, if we don't, I'm going to throw it. At the end of the day, as a coach, you've got to put your players in the best situation to be successful. Play your best players. It doesn't matter what it is. If your quarterback's your best player, put the ball in your quarterback's hands. People ask me all the time, how does Bailey Zappi throw for 6,000 yards? Let him call the shots and go to work. (laughs) Dude is an absolute stud. So put the ball in your best player's hands and let them go. You know, and I I think, you know, if you look back at at this, our our first year, which I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, you know, if we don't have, if we don't have a quarterback injury and and, and another injury and then another injury, I mean, you're looking at a different. Texas Tech football team after a really good year this year, but having to cycle through three quarterbacks, the continuity and a lot of those things is really, yeah. really tough on a football program. Oh, yeah. um, but that was the biggest thing. Yeah, like you said, he asked me, can you can you rush for 2,000 yards? Because there's never been a, a team that, that has, has rushed for less to win a Big 12 championship. And when you go look at our final season stats, we rushed for right over 2,000 yards this right. year as an offense. <laughs> See, and uh, I just, but okay, I love that. And you know what's funny, man, is when, when, when as, a, as a tech fan, and now I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a pure, total tech fan, when uh, Coach McGuire got hired, I think, as a, here from Lubbock and a tech fan, a graduate, everything, I was like, man, I'm okay with it, but I just don't know. I don't know him. I don't know him. So it's like, a, okay. But then I was, felt really, really good whenever he hired you. And I was like, okay, well, I feel better about it, but I still don't know him. And man, it took about a month, maybe two months, and maybe maybe the first two games, maybe a first game to that. You know what, dude? Does that the way you? Feel? Because I'm gonna tell you right now. Then, as a person that's from Lubbock, and I was like, dude, I love him. I, I think a lot of fans felt that way. They were uneasy, and then they like started to love him. Is that how or, or, you you knew him already? I didn't know that, so. But man, he comes from the roots, comes up, and I. But is that how you felt about him? I don't know. You know, early, I mean, I, I knew him, but I, I wouldn't say I know him like I know him now. Yeah. But I'd say after that that first month of working with him and getting to be around him and seeing how good of a human being he is, not even talking football aside, just mm-hmm. talking how good of a dude he is, mm-hmm. and and the staff that he brought in. 
I was like, okay, we, we have a chance to be really, really special here. And then the culture that I knew he was going to build, I mean, he has a very unique and, and unbelievable way to get to people. And I think you see our videos that we post now. Yeah. Our, fa- our fans are like, we want to just run through a brick wall for this dude. For sure. So, yeah, think, exactly. so think about you being one of those 70 players in the locker room at that time, and he's giving it to you live. Yeah. I mean, it's that's, it's unbelievable. Well, that's caught. That dude, I mean, because, come on, man. That dude is like uh, it's funny, man, how, you know what? He was given a test, and he passed the test for these people out here. And, I mean, these people, I'm talking about me, you know, as a as a as just a regular fan. Because we needed somebody to get behind. And it's funny, when, when he when he hired you, well, we were all like, okay, well, Zach is a uh, Lubbock guy. We can get behind that. But, dude, come on now. Do it. But we still got to hear it. We got to see it. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. hear it, but see it. And you know what's funny? He... He talks it and then he walks it. Oh yeah, and we love that about him. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I I, I don't know if that's if, but does that translate day to day? Because you see what you see on camera sometimes can you you've seen that before. Sometimes what you see when the mics are turned on is one thing, and when the mics are turned off, it's a different thing. No, that's what I think people need to know about him. And I think when you really know him and you see him out in public in Lubbock, the people that have what you see from Coach McGuire is what you get on a daily basis. Good. I mean, he has energy all the time. Good. You're walk, he's he's screaming, woo, yeah. like like Ric yeah. Flair down the hallway, yeah. literally all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're all, you know, I'm, I literally have the farthest office down the hallway from him when you go down our building. Yeah. And it's just funny that I'm back there and I hear him start wooing. I'm like, oh, what's going on now? Yeah, I love it. But it's just who he is, man. Yeah. He's, again, what I, what I, take it all back to is he's a phenomenal human being and i, I, I truly mean that man yeah. his wife debbie uh that's another thing too man like you, you come to a place where we all know how lubbock is that, that us that we grew here we're a we're a unbelievable town that wants to take care of people you're blue collar you're you're just just the best people in the world live in lubbock and west texas i truly believe that i'm biased maybe because i'm from here but i truly believe it and that's exactly what what debbie mcguire and coach mcguire have brought to texas tech football I mean, it's a huge family environment. Every single Monday, every yeah. single kid on on our staff that's a that's a child with with one of us, and all of our spouses are up there. We do dinner night every Monday, so every yeah. Monday night we have the entire family. I mean, you're talking seventy people in our building eating a meal. My kids come to practice almost every single day. I got to make sure Knox isn't about to get freaking ran over <laughs> by a two hundred forty pound linebacker yeah. out there because he's having a blast and he's yeah. out there playing with the dummies and chasing yeah. footballs and yeah, for sure. But it's a family environment, and I think that's what that's what West Texas is, man. It's just it's yeah. good people, and 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 that's what that's what Coach McGuire has brought to Lubbock again, and, yeah. and I think it. You know, it starts with him, and it, like you said earlier, we talked about the trickle down effect. Mm. It trickles down, but we have an unbelievable staff here where there's yeah. no egos. You know, Coach Schroeder, our defense coordinator, him and I've not ever gotten into it one time. And that is super rare in college football oh, for the OCDC to not ha- butt heads about. Are you kidding me? I whatever. used to see uh, Bobby Davis and Don Black get into it on the sideline, like you know. Oh yeah, not like. But I, well, I did see Bobby fired Don a couple of times. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, in a that game, happens. So that you know? happens a lot. Yeah, but I mean, you know, after the game, it you know things settle down. But dude, that's 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 really that's so important, and uh, that trickles down to the team, not only the staff, but it trickles down right into the team. And um, but I want to okay now. All right, let me. So you get hired. What number one? Like, it was a big celebration when you got hired. I just want you to know, like the town celebrated like in unison. Like, we didn't burn couches on Broadway, but right. there's probably a few margaritas drank on Broadway. Probably. Chimneys, maybe, probably, yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, I'm just saying that, dude, we were, we were glad that 
that our that our son was coming home, right? And it's going to lead the offense. And that, dude. So let me ask you this: You're bringing Emily here, yeah, and the kid and the kids. And well, first off, <laughs> I want to back up real quick. When you moved from Houston to Western Kentucky, I'll never I'll never forget. You sent me a picture, and and uh, it was like we're moving, and this is different. You said we're moving, and this is different. Because it was a big Western Kentucky moving truck in front of your house. Yes. Yeah. Houston Baptist didn't send one of those uh, to Lubbock. No, they did not. <laughs> yeah. No, so they did not. That's one difference. Yeah. Yes. You tell me. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to put that out there. But did Tech do that for you? But, but to move your move your stuff from Western Kentucky, which is not easy to get to. No. So it was kind of cool. Um, so so Western Kentucky sent their bus to Houston or their their travel eighteen wheeler. Mm-hmm. And their guy that travels to every game. Shout out Big Country. It's my dude. Big Country. Big that's Country. Not, but that's not Mason Walters. No, it's not Mason Walters. Walters. Different Big Country. Right. But he drove all the way from Bowling Green, moved me from Houston to Bowling Green. And then mm-hmm. whenever I got the Texas Tech job, him and I became really, really close because mm-hmm. he traveled every game with us. Um, Don't burn any bridges, dude. Ex- no, he's a great dude. Yeah. And so whenever it happened, Texas Tech was like, hey, we're just going to – we don't do the moving. We pay you a lump sum, and you figure it out. So if you can get it for cheaper, you get to pocket this other money. And so I knew exactly who I was going to call. Yeah. So again, shout out to uh, Fireman Moving there at Bowling Green, Kentucky, who is who's the company. And they moved you from there. And to And they Lubbock. moved me from Bowling Green to Lubbock, not in the not in the Hilltopper truck, right. but in a eighteen wheeler. They were probably thing. a little bit sad to see you go, but yeah, I mean, it was it yeah. was a sad deal. I, again, we man, me and Emily yeah. can't we we love Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. Western Kentucky is a phenomenal spot. Yeah. Uh, had a great time there. But, but home is home. Of, you see me a lot of texts like, "Hey, man." Might be one of the best places I've been to, food wise or whatever. I was like, damn, dude, I, I gotta get there. It's a good, at, it's at a good point. spot, yeah. really good spot. So, so you're in Lubbock, man. It's just, God, we were so happy. Like the whole place. I'm telling you right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like the the morale had been lifted in this city just a little bit because we didn't really know Joey McGuire was bringing, but we were like, okay, yeah, all right. But when when he hired you, that he got lifted. It's just the people in my circle. All right, we got this. We got this because we saw what you did with uh, Houston Baptist and coming in and nearly and nearly whooped us. I say us because you were on the other side at the time, right? Um, what do you feel pressure wise? Did, did, were you and did, not Emily? Emily's like, hey man, I'm just trying to run a house. But you personally, man, are you? Do you the first season this past season? Did you feel how was it? Was the pressure more? It was, you know, I mean, uh, which I, I kind of like it at the same time, just because I feel like the pressure makes you feel like you're in an important uh, spot that people look up to you and they mm-hmm. count on you. Um, first and foremost, I don't want to let down my, my people here. You know, my, my, I mean, I am Texas tech, I bleed scarlet and black, you know? And so that's yes, first and foremost, I do not want to let down red Raider nation. Yeah, I don't. And then second off, there's always that added pressure of being with the last name Kitley and the legacy that my dad has started at Texas Tech University. The last thing I want to do is is suck this thing up and I get fired or whatever and then, you know, I feel like I ruined my dad's legacy to a certain extent or put a stain on it. Maybe, I'm maybe you that's dude, I just don't think you could do that. I think it would be really, really hard to, to – Put a stain on your dad's legacy, but I, I but I feel where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, just not wanting to not wanting to kind of ruin everything that he's done here. Yeah. Um, and so that there was that, but at the same time, again, um, 
I have a lot of confidence in what we're doing and mm. and uh, with a vision that, that Coach McGuire has and where we're going, I, I knew that if once we, you know, and I, and I didn't know how pretty it was going to be year one. Again, you're starting a brand new system. Uh, at the time we moved in here, you know, Tyler Shuck is an older guy but hadn't played a lot of football. Donovan Smith had not played a lot of football. Baron Morton had played zero football. So quarterback-wise, it was kind of a question mark coming into the year, not knowing about that. So there was a lot of pressure. Again, yeah. and, and more than anything, you know, it was – I did not want to let down Lubbock people, Texas Tech fans, yeah. West Texas, Red Raider Nation. I just did not want to let them down. Yeah, and that's important, man, because it's important to know that. And uh, But, okay, let me ask you this, man. So you get hired, you're the offensive coordinator, you come in. What's the biggest difference now between recruiting? And I'm talking like when you come in day one, you didn't coach the game. Recruiting for Texas Tech. And how do you evaluate the people that you have coming in versus what you want to bring in and recruit? How does that work? So for us, we do it a little bit different here at Tech We've got a, we've got basically a recruiting and scouting department, and so we, we feel like we've got the best staff in the country uh, with with uh, James Blanchard and Brian Nance and Sean Kinney and Jake Pittman and those guys that work uh, tirelessly to find the best players in the country for us to go recruit and. So those guys, I'll, I'll be honest with you, those guys do a lot of the groundwork for us, and they find us some dudes to go get, and, mm-hmm. and they find we, – we look at things differently. We look at things you can't coach. So we look at speed. We look at jumping ability. We look at length. Mm-hmm. And we, that's kind of some of the things that we attack in the recruiting process. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to, get, again, go find the athlete that, that they have some traits that you can't coach. Right. And let us coach them in the football part. And so a lot of that is, is stuff that we go do. Yeah. So we, we had to get on campus. We had to evaluate, hey, where are we at right now? So mm-hmm. if you look at last year's recruiting class when we first got in, we feel like we really need to bolster up the offensive line. So we took, what, six transfer offensive linemen this last year. Um, we knew we needed to bolster that up. And I think when you move forward, you're, you're really trying to even out your recruiting classes. So you're trying to figure out, hey, how can I kind of make it to where – because like in, in, in two years, for example, if, with all the eligibility, with COVID years and all that stuff, like you're looking in two years, we're going to have like seven or eight senior wide receivers. And so what you don't want is you, you want to get out of the way where you're losing a lump sum of a position like that every time. Yeah. So you want to get to where like maybe you're just losing a guy a year, you know, offensive yeah. lineman, you're in use four, maybe you lose four a year. Yeah. But the next year you got four coming right in um, and stuff like that. So that that's kind of where you're looking at in the recruiting. But but our scouting department does a lot of the evals for us. And then uh, we recruit uh, <laughs> the recruiting. The recruiting here is a lot different. At the power five level, it's just a lot different. This is a group of five level because yeah. you're on kids early. And so yeah. you're, you're talking. And you're offering sophomores in high school, freshmen in high school at times, and and again you gotta you gotta abide by the NCAA rules, and you're only allowed to talk to kids at certain times of the year. So like right. you can't ever talk to a freshman or sophomore, yeah. and you can't talk to a junior until September 1st of their junior year. Can you talk to their parents? You cannot. Okay, that see I didn't know. I mean, I'm, man, I mean, it would be fun. It would be fun to have Chris Level here because he's a pretty much a uh, expert in recruiting. But yep. let me ask you this. Do you get um, just like hey from the guys you talked about your your staff like the staff that's like hey, that's in charge of like that stuff kind of stuff? Do you like okay, this is a guy we need to be looking at. This is a guy. Need to be, what happens if it's a some kid from Abernathy? Like, do you like all right? What that nobody knows about? How do you? Is there a way that somebody like could be on your radar without it coming to you directly from? the dudes on your staff. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, so so I mean, most of the time it's going to come directly from our staff. But at the yeah. same time, like some of those under the radar guys, like like there's some guys like shout out Lyle Leong, Texas Tech legend receiver, yeah. who's a head coach over at Level Land High School right. right now. He's literally pumping me guys this morning. A yeah. kid from not even in the state of Texas that he's trying to help out getting I the see. recruiting going. So you have some, you have a lot of coaches in the state of Texas that are guys like that that just love kids. Yeah, and they're going to help people out. Right. And so you may find some guys like that that are under the radar as well. Yeah, it's funny because I do the I do the uh, football for shallow water and there's a Texas Tech commit on the shallow water, but it's a smaller school and Donnie's the Donnie Hart former uh, Red Raider great by the way gets, doesn't get enough recognition my opinion uh, but he's we have there's a guy on that but we man it's funny man because um, we, we call games we're play by play it's a smaller school shallow water not friendship and then we play guys. I say we. We're calling games to get for shallow. And then like there's a, that that kid from uh, Abernathy, dude. And it's like two years ago we called this game. And it's like, dude, that kid's a cat. Yep. And sometimes you can just see when dudes can play, and when they can't. But how the hell do they get on the radar? You know what I'm saying? Is it? Do you go to camps? Is that the best way to do it? For the most part, especially if you're at like a smaller school and maybe you don't have, or maybe you're like in more of a rural area and you don't get much much traffic recruiting, right? Because I mean, I'll be honest with you, as bad as it, it is, like Abernathy doesn't get a million coaches to run through there, you know. And so I, camps, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and we so we tell we we really tell kids all the time try to come to camps. Mm-hmm. And because that's and that where means you, something. That, you actually, oh, that, that actually does mean something. 100%. Because a lot of the times, what you don't understand is coaches want to see you in person and they want to see how do, you, how do you compete in person. Yeah. They want to see maybe they haven't had a chance to go by your school and see what you look like physically. So they want to see, hey, on your page, it says you're 6'3. Are you 6'3? Or is your coach lying and you're really six <laughs> foot and a half? Which some people do that. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. So, Grady Newton put in our program, I was 5'10. Trust right. me. I ain't 5'10. Yeah. Grady Newton was my high school football basketball coach. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm about, let's just say 5'9 on a good day. Okay. I wasn't 5'10. Why did they put that in the, but everybody just does that, you know? They wanted to, he wanted to give you an inch, inch and a half. It makes, you know, I don't know make why. you scarier. I don't know why. I think it was just like, hey, man, we're going to put him in the starting lineup, but we're going we're gonna to pull him out about a minute and a half into the game. <laughs> uh, just, we're going to put our biggest lineup out there. It doesn't matter. Zach, let me ask you this. What's the number one attribute you look for? Physically in a recruit, speed. Physically, speed. Speed. And what I'm talking about quarterback. Doesn't matter what position. Quarterback. It doesn't matter. Speed. If you're just looking at the overall all prospects, you're looking the speed. number one physical physical aspect you're looking, looking for at. speed. Okay. The number one aspect other than speed, if it's mental or whatever, what is the number one aspect you're looking at, at from a recruit? I mean, leadership leadership qualities. Yep. Leadership qualities and speed. Now, here's another thing. You've mentioned this, man, three or four times back when you, from your process, even in this podcast growing up. Toughness, it, grit. Right. Multi-sport. Love it. Does that, does that, I mean, that doesn't keep you from recruiting a guy. I love it. I prefer multi-sport. It yeah. shows that you are your competitor and you like to compete. And a team. On a, and you're, you're in a team atmosphere. Yeah. That's 100%. Man. I'm a big fan of multi-sport athletes. Something that would turn you off from a recruit? Absolutely not. What would, what would turn you off? Oh, what would? Yeah. I mean, you know, are you a bad teammate? You know, I, I can't speak to the exact situation, but I was recruiting a quarterback 
in the state of Texas that um, some things were going bad and he was yelling at coaches and players on the sideline, mm-hmm. not recruiting that kid no more. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you got to be, you got to be a teammate and you got to, yeah. you got to be able to handle, handle the ups and the downs. Cause if you're not doing it in high school, you're not going to do it in college. Yeah. It's the same thing I tell people all the time. If you're, if a quarterback is inaccurate in high school, things mm-hmm. can be accurate in college. No. Yeah. Fuck man. That's amazing, dude. I love that because there's so many times you see an athletic, uh, really, really athletic dude or, or a guy that just doesn't matter. It's, he's, he's balling everywhere, but he's just barking at people and yelling at people. And I think that comes through sometimes when you're recruiting a guy. Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I, dude, I have no idea. What am I saying? But uh, first year as an offensive coordinator at a Big 12 school in Lubbock, first game, you walk out to Jones Stadium. How does that feel? Really cool. Really cool to be back at it, man. And just, you know, I remember because, you know, I was here for five seasons and, and being out yeah. there and when the, the pregame song comes on. And, does it feel and different? Feels different now. When you OC. Feels yeah. different. Yeah. It was really different? weird. It was really weird in 2020 at, at Houston Baptist being on the other sideline <laughs> and watching yeah. the mass rider yeah. run out on the other sideline. That yeah. was really weird. It's intimidating, probably. A little bit yeah. is. You know, the difference was it was COVID. So there was like 10,000 people in the stands. So it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that first game coming out, we had a lot of momentum. People love what we're, what we're building here. And so, the, you know, it was packed house and night game in the Jones, there's nothing better. Yeah. And so it was a lot of fun. Chills run down my back. Uh, you know, got to see the, the new hype video for the first time. And you guys, and, and it's funny is those hype videos, when you watch them on the big, uh, you know, the big Jumbotron, you, those, those, you guys watch them for the first time. You yeah. see them. Yeah. So really cool. Just, yeah. uh, I remember sitting there thinking to myself that it's cool looking back at the journey and, and, and realizing that five years ago I was standing on the sideline as a GA and, and trying to make the, and really getting back to so, my dream job, you know, you know, the only other, the only other dream job bigger than this one for me would be in coach McGuire's seat one day. And I think that's going to be a long, long time because I think yeah. he's going to be here for a long time. Well, let's hope so. I mean, let's hope that that happens, but let's hope it's a long, long time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, but speaking of that, I mean, but that's, that's ultimately, I mean, you have to understand that he has to understand. That that's your goal. Uh, be the you want to be the because it's the same thing. From if you could extrapolate that from you know could I be the offensive coordinator when Sonny was like, dude, I think I could be the offensive coordinator. You know that's your confidence level. Yep, I could yeah. be the head coach, but not from Joey. That's what I'm saying. I don't mean that. Right. I'm saying, but that's 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 your thought level. Oh yeah, you can be the head coach of a program someday. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, you know, I, you know Coach, 31 years old, dude. <laughs> I know. Come I know. on, man. I know. Coach McGuire, you know, Coach McGuire understands, you know, that's one of the first things he asked me whenever, you know, that my last interview uh, that was about two and a half, three hours long. And that was one of the questions, like, what do you want in your life? And I said, well, I want to be here and I want to win championships here. And whenever I'm ready and I feel ready and it's the right opportunity, the right school, mm-hmm. I want to go be a head coach one day. Yeah. And, you know, I think to me, if, if you know, I hope I'm in his his chair in ten years or whatever the case may be. And whenever I'm interviewing somebody, and if they're like, "No, this is this is it for me. We're, we're right here, office coordinator for you, Coach Kitley." I'm gonna probably be like, "Look, I don't. That's not what I want." That's a red flag for you. Yes, because you gotta be. you gotta want somebody that wants yeah. to continue to grow. They're not. Because they don't want to be complacent where they're at. Yeah, the coach at uh, Western Kentucky, um, Tyson Helton. Helton, when he dude, that's a sign of leadership, man. He's like, "Hey, yeah, you need to be doing this." Yep. You know. 
Yeah, and I think uh, you, you, you look at his staff right now, the full-time coaches on offense right now, and even the defensive side of the ball from 2021 at West Kentucky, there may be one full-time coach still on that – two full-time coaches still on that staff that was a still on full-time in 2021 out of the 11 coaches. So you're talking – well, and that's plus the way, him. That's so the way eight, things work. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's a sign of a great leader in a great program. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah. Um, this season, this last season. Yep. It's funny, man. Eight games. You won eight games. Damn, dude. We ain't won eight games in a while. 2013. I, I didn't play a game. I didn't play the game ever, but yeah. I say we. Texas Tech football has not won eight games since 2013 till 2022. That's crazy to me. and Not crazy, but that's – damn, dude. That, it was a great season, man. And I don't give a damn what people say. Like, we went 3-0 and against the uh, SEC. Yep. Because uh, we beat Texas – they're going to the SEC, right? Yep. We beat Oklahoma. They're going to the SEC. And then we beat Ole Miss in the bowl game. They're in the SEC. I say that. We we went 3-0 and against the SEC. Yep. Is that the way you feel? Oh, yeah. And is, it, is it a little more important when you beat OU in Texas? It's never been done at OU in, in, in the same season. Like, it, it really hasn't been done. If it has been, it's been done a long time, but whatever. No, this is the first year Texas Tech football has ever beat Texas and Oklahoma in the same season ever. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I did my research. Right? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. But that means something. Doesn't it mean something in the locker room? I mean, it does. You know, we, we do. We want to have the, the 1-0 personality. You know, at the end of the day, this is where... What's the 1-0 personality? Where every day, it don't matter who you're playing. It's a logo. Yeah. Because let's be honest, and I've been a part of this too, because I've been a I've been a Red Raider a long time. Yeah. For the longest time, when you play Texas or you play Oklahoma, mainly Texas, because that's our our big rival, yeah. it, it feels like it should mean more. Yeah. Or what, what we're trying to build at Texas Tech is why. Mm-hmm. That should just be the, the the logo across the way. You know what what we really want to get out of here is, you know, and we can probably talk we could probably talk about this forever, but. If you if you're looking at the last twenty years of Texas Tech football, last twenty years, there's one game that stands out more than any. No doubt, two thousand eight. We want to. We we're tired of two thousand eight. Yeah, we I, really I, are. We're tired think, of it. I think a lot of people in this in this town are. We love that, but we're tired of that. We're tired. We want of a it. new two thousand and eight. Yes. Well, hey, we beat Oklahoma and Texas yes. in overtime. Who cares? That was a pretty awesome game against Oklahoma this year. We got to go. We got to go to twenty twenty three. Yep. So now let's go beat them again. Let's do it. Who who cares? You know we're but that's where we've got the mentality that who we should that Texas Tech you know and us and our fan base for the most part we're still hanging on 2008. A lot of people are. Yeah, it's not what we want. Yeah. <laughs> we we've got to we've got to make a we've got to make a new jump to where we're trying, where we're in the Big Twelve championship game or in that hunt like they were in 2008. That's what we want to get to. Yep. But we don't want to remember. And don't get me wrong, that Michael Crabtree plays one of the best plays in all time college football forever. Not just Texas Tech history, all time ever. Sure, but. We want there to be a new, hey, this is what happened, and this is what we remember for Texas Tech football, yep. and we want to get away from 2008 Michael Crabtree. I'm fired up, dude. I'm ready, I'm ready to play right now. Zach? Kicker? Whatever you want me to do, dude. Well, that's what you were saying you were earlier. Yeah, I'm just yeah. checking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could kick it. No, I'm not afraid. Holder? Hold, I could hold it, maybe. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think I got hand-eye coordination. Let's just maybe like uh, inside on the kickoff return on the kickoff team. Okay, 
Maybe kick off return. Let me just get in somebody's way. All right. You know, that's, that'd be okay with me. There you go. Yeah, I'm okay with that right now. I like it. At my stage, you know. Let's yeah. just let me get in somebody's way. I ain't trying to look. For, I, I'm not looking for contact. Try to so, make them go around you. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, man. <laughs> a lot of these questions I, I had tonight come from my boy, Zara. Zara wanted to know, and it's true, because I want to know, too. If Ty King uh, could be on the staff at Texas Tech, what would he coach? What would you coach? Man, I think you may be the assistant quarterback coach and you're helping me out right now. I love it so much. I'd be right there next to you. Because I remember like you sitting next to Cliff. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would love, I would be that dude. I'd be on TV going, I'd be making faces to the camera like, yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> Look at me, boy. <laughs> honestly, that would be my, yeah. So maybe not. Maybe I don't need to be that guy. Um, I would like to, honestly, I could be the energy coach. Like just, just, okay. just, just have some energy, boy. Yeah. But I think Coach McGuire does a pretty good job. He does a great job of that. <laughs> I think you do a pretty good job of that. So, man, Zach, what have I missed? Let, let me. I'm, 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 I'm putting that out to you right now. What have I missed? Is there anything you need to say? Because this year was a great year, and we won the bowl game, which was fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, the Ole Miss. That, I mean. How much does that? Okay, that's, here's a good question for you. People say like, oh, "What? It's a stupid bowl game. Like, who cares? Like, whatever, whatever bowl game." Sometimes I say that too, but it's it's important to you and the players. A bowl game is pretty important to you, not because is it important because of the extra practice you get. Is it really that important, or is it because of the uh, morale it gives? There's a bunch. I mean, you start. You talked about practice. It's huge for your young players. They, we get those extra practices that they wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to think. We're practicing basically the whole month of December, where the teams that didn't make bowl games are done after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You're talking. That's a huge amount of time where you get to work football. And, and NCAA rules will not allow that if you don't make a bowl game. So that's a huge part of it. Two, it's a celebration for those seniors if that's their last game. Exactly. You talk about giving those guys. People don't realize that you know what the reason that I fell in love with football from the jump is. There's not a better team sport, in my opinion, because what team sport at the same time takes all it takes eleven people at the same time on the same page to make it go. Mm-hmm. There's not a bigger locker room. There's it's just a it's a true team sport, and you got to have that continuity, you got that chemistry. Those are your boys for life. Yeah. And so, for example, like giving Roderick Thompson four more weeks to hang out with us. Roderick Thompson, my favorite dudes of all time. Yeah. And when I got hired, I think Roderick Thompson was like, man, I'm not probably going to like this dude. Because he threw the ball for six thousand yards a year before, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like this guy. And he's a running back, yeah. And but, I think, but, uh, and I think now, if you ask Roderick Thompson, he'd say I'm probably one of his favorite dudes of all time. Because him and I are just tight, and we're close, yeah. and we were close all year. I love him. But being able to give Roderick Thompson yeah. a guy like that four more weeks to keep going with his teammates, because people don't at the end of every year, Texas Tech football team of 2022 will never be the same again. Yeah, because you're losing somebody, right? Multiple people. Yeah. So that that's the last game that team will play. Take those four weeks, man. Enjoy those four weeks. Yeah. So there's that. You talk about momentum. It's all. It's a huge momentum builder. Yeah. We knew getting to eight wins the first time in ten seasons, basically, that Texas Tech has been to eight wins. That's a huge momentum builder for it Texas Tech huge. football That's and huge. where it's, we're going. Because yeah. you start looking at the trajectory of where Texas Tech football is going is, again, yeah, you beat Texas Oklahoma, first time ever in school history. Yep. You won eight games, first time since 2013. You won a bowl game, back-to-back season since – I think it was 2011, 2012, um, or sorry, 12 and 13. 
It's 12 and 13. First time you did that in 10 years. Mm-hmm. We got $200 million facility being built right now. Yeah. I mean, you talk about momentum coming our way. What's funny is, dude, they talk about that new facility being built. They tore down your dad's office. I know. Your dad's office was part it was in that uh, southwest corner. Yeah, you spent a lot of time there as a kid. Oh yeah, and you were like, tear that, tear that thing down. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but just that's where we're going right now. We have got a lot of yeah. momentum. Got a lot of people excited about Texas Tech football. We've got great backing, great, great, uh, you know, some some really uh, great donors that are helping us out that believe in what we're doing for sure. And that's what yeah. it's all about, man. Yeah. I mean, lastly, let me let me just real quick. I want just if we can succinctly put this trick plays is that something like is that something like whenever do you think of it when you're you're at home like in bed like at night like i'm about to go to bed let me think of some trick is it something you think of when the players aren't around how does that work trick plays so they differ, you know. I, I still will steal some from other teams, and you see stuff on TV, mm-hmm. or maybe you see stuff on TV that you don't necessarily steal the exact play, but you do something similar. And then sometimes it is weird. Like I do think football. Like I'm weird because I love X's and O's. I'm a big X's and O's guy. I love yeah. schematics of of the game. Yeah. And so I do like literally. You, you were talking about. I said literally again. Sorry. Sorry. I'm in bed and I do think of football plays, and I may like roll over. Like I could show you my phone right now, and I've got like on my notes with my finger like plays drawn seriously <laughs> yeah. yeah and or like i put i can go ahead and put it in my offensive lingo and, and that's it's in real, my notes so that's a real thing that happens like man okay let's what if we do this yes and, and then like, you got to understand too you know like going back to schematics like for example everybody thought we were absolutely psychopaths though the flea flicker first play of the game in 2022 yes but we oh, knew oh i know because yeah. we, we were on the four our own four yard line yeah we knew that play was going to work yeah, because so, of schematic how they how they play defense to yeah. certain formations in certain plays, yeah. we knew it was going to work. Yeah. Dude, okay. Damn. So, I'm trying to end this podcast, but do you know sometimes, like on the sideline, when you call a play, like when it gets and you look at the okay, there's a sometimes there's a defense out there, and you like if you know they can't substitute, do you know for a fact you're like this is going to work? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, you, I love that shit. I, I'm sorry, I love that. Yeah, I mean, a, a huge play for us this season. We threw Baylor Cup a touchdown up the up our home sideline against Texas to get us really back into the game late. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, Baylor yeah. Cup are tied in, mm-hmm. and I literally we had just called a timeout, and I told him, I said, "You ready?" And he looked at me, he said, "Yes, sir." And I said, "Hey, I got the guys to hit. We're going to score a touchdown on this play right now," and we <laughs> threw a touchdown right then. Yep. Oh, I those are the it. fun ones. Oh yeah, that is fun. Oh my gosh, and you knew. I mean, but. So, but it doesn't matter. Like some, do you know? Okay, whenever they, whenever the uh, offense comes up to the line and everything's spread out, and and then they look over you to check. Mm-hmm. That, that, that happens a lot. Oh yeah, they check with you. Do you look at the defense and go, "All right." Oh, yeah. Does that happen? I mean, it happens. I know it doesn't happen every play, but does it happen? Like, all right, we got this. Yeah. Yes, it does. Now, you, now the, I will say this about the Big 12. There's a lot different when I was in Conference USA. <laughs> I could get them a lot more in Conference USA. The Big 12 yeah. does really good. We call it check, check, because we'll check a play, they'll check a play. Mm-hmm. So the Big 12 does a really good job, but that's where, where I love the most about my job, because I am a big X's and O's guy, but I also love the development of the quarterback position. Yeah. And that's what I tell people all the time. If my quarterback changes a play call that I have and it works and it scores a touchdown, I'd way rather see that than me call the touchdown play. Because that shows me that right. what I'm doing 
is working and it's clicking in their mind and that light bulb flashed on. Let me ask you this. At Houston Baptist and at Western Kentucky or at Texas Tech, and it doesn't matter, sometimes do quarterbacks not check into the right thing? And are you, does that frustrate you? 100%. Yes. Yeah, it happens. And, you know, the, uh, I mean, again, I think there's a learning curve. You know, like when we got here, like I told Tyler Shuck, I'm like, dude, you, you know a little bit more. You've been around more. You've been mm-hmm. around more offenses. You've seen more defense. You've played a lot more football. I said, so you should be able to see stuff better than Baron Morton can or right. than Donovan Smith can. They haven't played as much football. Right. And it was like Bailey Zappi year one compared to Bailey Zappi year four, different. Diff- different. Yeah, much different. And, and again, I think that comes to – First off, how much time do they put in on their own? Because because it, it can't just be when we're in the when we're in the office by ourselves. It's not how yeah. this this not how this thing works. If you want to be an elite quarterback and be a fourth round draft pick for the New England Patriots and start some games as a rookie and ball out, you got to be prepared. And a lot of that takes you doing work on your own. Um, but yeah. but the biggest thing is is a lot of that's repetition and and seeing multiple defenses and starting to understand stuff. Yeah. But that's what I was talking about earlier, like seeing a quarterback check into something and it really clicks. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, man. Lastly, all right. We both up to, I mean, the Super Bowl is this week. I know you have a rooting interest, so I know you're going to pick the, pay, uh, I said the Patriots. I are going to pick the Chiefs to win. And I think everybody in Lubbock is wanting the Chiefs to win. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget, dude, I watched the uh, AFC championship between the Bills and the Chiefs two years ago with you. We were together. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because you could – it was eye-opening experience to watch a game with you because you're um, you're calling out some of the things that are going to happen. And it, it blew my mind a little bit. I was like, dude, this is Zach Kitley. I mean, come on, dude. I know him. I, could, I mean, I could probably whoop him if I needed to. <laughs> I couldn't. But, you know, like you're calling out – so this week, what's the keys for Patrick – and the Chiefs, and uh, but, but what's funny is uh, Zacchaeus is playing. Um, is that his name? Yeah, Z- Dude, yeah he McPherson. was a stud. Yeah, McPherson. He was yeah. a stud for us. Yep. Uh, on the on the Eagles side, which a lot of people don't know because they only know the quarterback. Yep. Which understandably so. But what are the what are the keys for for? I mean, really, do you know what the keys are? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak to the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, but for for the offensive side, Pat, try to keep him try to keep him in the pocket because yeah. we'll, we'll see how how banged up that ankle still is. Because yeah. again, that's usually a four, five to six week deal, and it ain't like he played on it 100 last week. No so doubt. it'll yeah. be four weeks out anyways, and it's not healthy. So we'll see where he's at there. But try to keep him in the pocket, try to get the ball out of his hands, and then try to really establish that running game with Pacheco early too. I think can really help take a lot of a lot of pressure right. off him. Yeah. Um, same thing too. I mean, I was like disheartened watching the game with Emily last uh, last Sunday because all his receivers went down or two yeah. Sundays ago. I was like, golly, who, like who are they throwing the ball to now? Yeah. And of course, you know Kelsey's going to be a, a main deal, so they're going to probably double Kelsey. So I could see one of those other guys having a huge game for for Pat. Yeah. Try to get the ball out of his hands, protect him. Do you he, see it on the screen? Like, do you see like, hey, they're doubling this? Like, do you, as as an offensive, are you yelling at the screen like this is the play? We need we need to go here, there. 
I don't yell. I talk. But, and, I mean, but and the best part it? is the best. Oh yeah, I can see it. Not right. every play because sometimes, right. sometimes the camera's too tight and some of that stuff. But Emily's like she's a fo- she's a football junkie. She yeah. really is. Yeah. She yeah. now she'll tell you she doesn't know much, but she loves it yeah. and she likes watching it with me because I'll be like, okay, hey, this is a nickel front. They're going cover one, yeah. and she's like, okay, what does nickel mean and what does cover one mean? Yeah. And so now we're talking through the front of the defense and yeah. like who's because she's always like, hey, so d- defensive back and corner that could be the same thing, right? And I'm like, yes, or safety, you yeah. know, and so. Yeah. We're, we're still in some of those stages where she gets conf- like who's the nickel she doesn't know who the nickel is and i'm like right. well that's a that's a linebacker yeah. slash db yeah and so we're, we're we're talking through all that stuff but that's no. i'm just more like okay hey you gotta get the ball there blitz in here and yeah. so she's like hey blitz or screen yeah. Yep. Screens, no. screen is still her big deal. She still struggles with screens. She's like, "Is it like in basketball? You're trying to screen somebody?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> well, that's okay." Yeah. Hey, that's all right. So, right, like, we're working what? on okay. screens. Finally. Um, could you text Patrick Mahomes right now if you wanted to? Let yes. me just ask you this. Yes, I could. And he could text you back if you wanted him to. All right, that's it. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah you, so, damn, dude. Because I know that whenever like you got hired and when he was like, let's go. Yeah. Th- that gives you some credibility. Well, he was awesome, man. I, I never even talked about him. I know he had a, had a, had a major say, too, because I know he, uh, whenever he got hired – you know, Pat reached out and said, Hey, welcome to Texas Tech to him. And McGuire's like, Hey, man, this is awesome. Thanks for texting me. This is sweet. Yeah. And so I know that I know Pat texted McGuire too and was like, Hey, I'm telling you, you need to hire this guy. And I know Kingsbury, Kingsbury sent me the long text that he actually sent to uh, McGuire yeah. and was like, He was like, Dude, I'm telling you, like, hire my man ZK. He calls me ZK too. Yeah. He's like, Hire my man ZK. I'm telling you right now. So that's really cool. Uh, He's got a lot in his plate. I don't try to bother him. I texted him last week after the I mean, win. Of course. And I, just said and just said, Hey dude, like I love the toughness and the grit, man. It's who you've yeah. always been. Let's get that thing healthy. Let's go win this next week. And he said, Absolutely, let's go win it. I appreciate you, man. And that's the way I feel a lot of times. Um honestly. I was like, you're like my you're the Patrick Mahomes in my life, really. <laughs> I'm like I, I'll, I'll always text you after. It's funny, man, because I text you after every game, win or lose. Yep, you do. And I'm like, dude, after a win, it's usually the same text, no matter what. Win, loser, I get a text from Ty. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And if you ever tie in a uh, football game, yeah. if it could happen, it used to could happen back in the day. It doesn't happen okay. anymore. Okay. okay, but I'm just telling, man, I, I text you and I'm just like, dude, you know. It's usually uplift. I try to be uplifting. Yeah. doesn't matter, dude. Just know that I know that you're a person, and I want people out there to know that Zach is a person. Patrick Mahomes is a person and has lives. And, dude, just think about that. Next time you tweet out something like, oh, we should run the ball, or we should – did you ever think about that? I don't look at social media during the season. I, I, I stay off of it. I do. I told my. I told. I told. I told Emily too. I said, "Do not look at social media. Do God. not look for my name. Do I not do to, none of that." I need to stop looking at it. So, hey, dude, let me tell you this. I appreciate it, Zach. It means a lot for you coming on this podcast, and you have an open invitation to come on anytime you want. More importantly, Emily has an open invitation. She does need to get on here. I would love it, dude. I would love. I would love, I would love to. So first off, she would be the only one to ever get every question right on tied down, probably for oh, sure. Oh yeah, because that's who she is. <laughs> and she would. She would love it. She'd enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely, man. But ZK, thank you very much. TK, appreciate you, man. Yeah, you're one of the best people uh, I know, and I'm you. 
you're a good person just to come on this podcast. Like, because this, what am I? This is a stupid little podcast that I do for no money. I just do it out of the goodness. I mean, I say out of the goodness of my own heart. It's out of the service of my own heart because it's a self-serving thing. But, dude, I love you, man. I've always loved you. I love your family. You, you represent something good about this uh, area, and I appreciate it. And also, I end this podcast as I ended all of my phone calls in the 90s with one word, and it's one word only, and that word is peace. Peace. <laughs>